Then Mr. Baggins turned the handle and went in. The Tuke side had won. He suddenly felt he would go without bed and breakfast to be thought fierce. Welcome. This is the We Read Books podcast. Yeah. We read books and then we talk about them to entertain ourselves and hopefully some of you out there as well. Otherwise, I don't know what you're doing here, but welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> cool. Well, that's Whitney. And that's Maddie. Um, ooh, I hit something. It's already just going off the rails. <laughs> I mean, it's fitting, though. This is The Hobbit. Yes. Just one... Mishap after another. Yes. The misadventures. <laughs> the misadventures of Wit and Mad. Oh, we can have our own cartoon. Ooh, I would like that. That would be really cute. <laughs> I think what's what's really funny is lately... I've been seeing on social media, like, people talking about... I sent you the thing the other day where they're, Warner Brothers and HBO are, like, in talks to redo the first seven Harry Potter books yes. as a TV series. Yes. And my first thought was, they should do that as a cartoon. Yeah. It would be so much better if they did it as an animated version. Mm-hmm. Especially because I think that would satisfy the people who are really upset about it. Yes. Well, and too, like, like we had discussed, then you're not as worried about casting mm-hmm. look wise. You can yeah. choose someone who can do the voice acts, <laughs> voice acting, <laughs> so violent, <laughs> voice acting really appropriately. You know, no matter what they look like, if right. they do the voice perfectly, then. Yeah. Sweet. You know, it doesn't matter if they're 85 and doing the voice of a 35 year old, if they can do it right. You know, exactly. And you don't have to worry about actors aging. Yeah. Cause I think that would be a really, con- a real concern with something that long. Yeah. Now, you know? I mean, even still like Steven Universe and Adventure Time, it's like they had kids that did voices and they grew, but you know, their voice changed, but yeah. that that's what would naturally happen so it it made sense and it was okay Mm -hmm. i feel like it would be even easier in the animated version yeah i agree that as well i agree because like you think of how they would age out of their character from Mm -hmm. like season one to season two Mm -hmm. because if you take like something of that scale especially knowing hbo's history with because like take game of thrones for example Mm -hmm. The, there are multiple years in between seasons. Oh, it's really? It's not like, yeah, they did not release Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon season two is not coming out, I think, until like 2024 fall. Wow. Now, I, I will say the movies, knowing that they had children actors that were going to <laughs> rapidly age. Yeah. They scheduled it to where they were releasing one Pretty much every year, I believe, at one point. So yeah. I think I th- at least for the first three. Yeah. At least the first two, for sure, I yeah. know that they planned that. And it seems like, I don't know if there was a little jump between two and three, but it yeah. still seems 
appropriate. They they timed it very well, yeah. as best you can as, with yeah. children actors. Yeah, because... But a TV show like that, if HBO is not yeah, I, doing that, then that will be yeah. a miss for them as well. It would be really hard, and I don't think it's something where... Because the way... I feel like the way you look between age 11 and age 16 or 17 is not different enough to where you could recast. No. It would be really difficult. Yeah. Although they successfully did it in House of the Dragon Mm -hmm. because the actress who is is, uh, Rhaenyra Targaryen Mm -hmm. at the beginning is different. She did the first five episodes Mm -hmm. and then Emma Darcy came in and played Rhaenyra for, cause there's like a ten year jump. Oh, okay. So well, that, it's a ten year jump. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And so, but then, a four year jump. Yeah, not that different. But no. Emma Darcy and I think her name is Millie Alcott, who played young Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. They actually look like the like Millie looks like the young version of yeah. Emma Darcy. It's Wild. I was going to say, if they do do that, you have to have expert casting. You can't, oh, yeah. you can't just choose two actors that you think both fit the description. They have to look like each other. They have to have yeah. similar mannerisms. You can't just plop a new person in there and go, Agreed. yeah, that's them. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so House of the Dragon is HBO, so they're... Maybe they could pull it off, but I just, I think a 10-year age gap makes sense to recast. Four years, five years does not make sense to recast, in my opinion. If anything, they're going to have to cast the children younger, maybe, to help them kind of catch up or something. They're just going to have to have very good planning and a very good schedule in place. Yeah. So, HBO, we're available. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. So many good ideas. Um, um, I don't even know how old he is, but for some reason, I f- and I think it's just because we've discussed it so much that people would be most upset over the casting of Snape. Agreed. I've thought of actors that I thought would maybe do a good job, like Adam Driver is I've, one that comes to mind. He's one that I've seen other people say as well. And then the, and it could just be because I'm obsessed with him now that I've seen the movie, but the guy that played Mr. Darcy in the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. Ooh. I think he would be especially perfect, but I don't yeah. even know how old he is, what he looks like I, <laughs> now or anything. But I just think. think he could do a really good job. Yeah, I think his name is Matthew McFadden. Mm. But I think. yeah, oh, oh, but then again, I I I like him so much that again, then we would have one of those. He would be a very likable Snape rather yeah. than a book accurate Snape. But I, I'm sure his acting chops, he could. Mm-hmm. Get the job done right. <laughs> yeah. And what's weird is, like, Alan Rickman has always played the villain. Like, he was the villain in Die Hard. He yeah. was the villain in Robin Hood. Oh, and he was Kevin so Costner. despicable. God, he's, he was, he he played uh, Prince John. Yeah, it was Prince he John. Was, um, he was the sheriff of Nottingham. Was he? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought he played Prince John. I'm trying to think who plays Prince John in the Kevin Costner version. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, Let me look this up because now we need to know. <laughs> but he was so disgusting in that film. Oh, 
But he did play Absalom in um, the live action version of Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's that. He played, it says, Le Sheriff de Nottingham. I don't Ooh. know why they put it that way, but. <laughs> yeah, well, this is So not then a who film. plays. Because I can only see the man who, in my mind, who played Prince John in um, Robin Hood. Men, no, oh. Robin Hood Men <laughs> in Tights. <laughs> Nick Brimble. Huh. That tells me. Sorry, Nick Brimble. I don't know you, Nick Brimble. No. Okay, Nick Brimble is the one who played Little John. I want to know uh, Prince okay. John. <laughs> Maybe there is there a Prince John in that one? Maybe there isn't. And maybe he's King? Is he King John? Nope. Lord I John? I don't know. I'm purely thinking of the... It says Lord John, who is often in Robin Hood tales as the villainous Prince John, is not even mentioned in the story, uh-huh. despite the hurdle he would prove to the sheriff's plan as the king's younger brother and rightful heir. So, really, yeah, Alan Rickman was the sheriff of Nottingham, but he sort of fulfilled that... Prince John role. Yes, so... Okay, that's... that's yeah. This explains the yeah. discrepancies. Yes. Either way, that's an excellent movie. Yeah. And Morgan Freeman is in that movie. Yes, he is. He's so good. He does a really good job. I love Morgan Freeman. I do, too. I would let him, like, talk me to sleep. I was going to say, arguably one of the most soothing voices yeah. in the world. <laughs> For sure. For sure. It's why he narrates the that like Cosmos show that's about space. Mm-hmm. He narrates that because obviously he's the first choice. I feel like he's narrated shows about wildlife as well. Yeah, like him so. and David Attenborough. I know the name. I cannot see his face. He narrates the Planet Earth series. Oh yeah. Dakota and I will literally sit and watch hours <laughs> of Planet Earth, and it's. Largely because David Attenborough just, like, narrates it so well. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) I don't watch a lot of those, like, world wildlife shows simply because seeing some of the wildlife makes me sad for the animals. And it bums me out. I know. I'm too soft-hearted, I guess. I know. It sucks because there will be, like, ones where you have, like, a lion who's trying to, like, get food for her cubs and then it shows you the goats that she's trying to kill, but the goats are just doing their little goat thing, hopping yes. around. And you want her to get food, but you don't want the, the goats goat to, to die. die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a real emotional roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so just exposed myself. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I guess. Our social channels. (laughs) Totally skipped it. Um, I feel like this is a very smooth segue. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, not jarring at all. (laughs) Um, You can find us on Instagram at We Read Books Pod, TikTok at We Read Books Pod, and our Gmail is We Read Books Pod 23 at gmail.com. Send us your recommendations, your thoughts, questions. Hold your critiques to yourself. (laughs) Rude free zone, as we said last time. Yeah. Or perhaps the time before. We've said before this is a rude free zone. Yeah. Exactly. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. I mean, I see it all the time. Like, people on... I mean, it's usually TikTok, let's be honest. They just... (laughs) 
get on there and they're just rude. I'm like, why why did you need to say that though? Yeah. If you, yeah, if you you can politely disagree with it. that's I think the world is sorely missing polite disagreement or agreeing to disagree. That's just not, yeah. not a thing anymore. <laughs> Especially when it comes to things like most of my TikTok is book stuff. Yeah. People get so fired up and so passionate about it. Like, if I see a TikTok of someone talking about a book that I hate, I just keep scrolling. Mm -hmm. No part of my brain is like, you know what? I'm going to let this person know how I feel. Yeah. Because guess what? They don't care. And not only am I going to criticize the book you're talking about, but I'm also going to criticize you You as as a a human being. (laughs) Like, come on. Without knowing them. They probably hate books that I love. That's yeah. just the way of the road, my man. That's why there's such variety in the world. Different exactly. people like different things for different reasons. Exactly. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean I feel like other people shouldn't like it either. Right. Like, you do you, and as long... I just want people to read books. Yeah. Like, I don't care what it is. If it's fan fiction, if it's smut, if it's whatever it is, I don't... Just... I just want people in the world to read more books. I yeah. don't care if they're... What I would pick. Right, because I mean, you're worried about what you're picking. You're, you're yeah. enjoying it. You're yeah. not forcing that on other people. Exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking... Except for the people listening to this podcast. I ain't right. forcing it on you. Right. <laughs> but you are listening to this of your own free will. So it's exactly. not really forced. It's just available to you and you are choosing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> we have not kidnapped your ears. We want that very clear. <laughs> Please don't turn us in. Yeah, please. (laughs) Hopefully this week you'll enjoy our choice because we are covering our first book by one of the fathers of fantasy, J.R.R. Tolkien himself. Yeah. So we are embarking on our Middle Earthian adventure beginning with The Hobbit. Yeah, because where should you start? At the beginning. Yes, you should. (laughs) Did the movies? No. And that's okay because the Lord of the Rings films are... Wonderful. They're perfection in yeah. every way possible. Yeah. I'll never get tired of watching them. No. I feel like I read an article about a person that said they had watched the trilogy 300 and some odd times, or maybe it was like the number of days, like 365 times. And people just thought that was unreasonable. But mm-hmm. if you wake up, put it on in the background, and you like work from home. Hey. I mean, <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. And wh- I, I just don't see a downside to it, really. I agree. <laughs> I agree. It has everything you could ever want in a trilogy. The stakes are high. The world is in the balance. You've got a young hero who you would never have thought of as the hero, the unexpected hero. Mm-hmm. You've got Aragorn, enough said. <laughs> there's peril there's danger almost failure and then success triumph yeah ultimate good over ultimate evil yeah and Saruman come on yeah that dude looked so cool he might have been a villain but he looked so cool he did look so good there (laughs) there is a t-shirt I've been waffling back and forth 
$35 is not unreasonable, but I've never bought shirts from these people before, so I don't know if it's going to hang like a bag or, you know, yeah, fit, you, fit you, like a glove. Yeah. So I've I've been hesitating. I'll have to show it to you after we're done recording. It is, it's like so metal looking that I I think we just need to, we just need matching shirts because it's, it's pretty spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> What's a fun fact about the actor who played Saruman is that he is the only one of the cast to have actually met George uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh, wow. Because I he, I guess, grew up literally when The Hobbit was released, and he read all of the books as they came out. Wow. And met Tolkien. Wow. I literally just read that last night. Actually, I saw it on TikTok. That's amazing. Now, I think when I was talking about the metal shirt, I'm thinking of Sauron, not oh. Sauruman. Gotcha. And again, you know, J.R.R., I love you to bits, but that one really perplexed me. Why did we do that? I know. It it's it sucks. But Sauruman is also a cool looking character, but yeah. Sauron is like <laughs> such a, like a, it's like the cover of a death metal band. Oh, like. it, so, it so is. <laughs> It so is. I actually have seen um, tattoos that have, like, that helmet, Mm -hmm. the Sauron helmet, with the sword through it, and it says, like, I am no man, and I'm like... Oh, like the Witch King or whatever? Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I would wear that. (laughs) That's really (laughs) sick. It's so sick, and that's such an epic... See, and this is what makes me sad whenever I think about, like... How Emily just will not watch Return of the King. I think that moment is what stands out She's in my missing. brain. Like, I get goosebumps thinking about that scene. Yes. It's just so sick, dude. Yeah. Is the Witch King wearing Sauron's helmet? I always thought that was his own helmet, but now I'm thinking that might be Sauron's helmet. Because what's... Sauron's an eyeball. He can't wear it. Yeah, I think that... Because that's the helmet whenever... It does the flashback of Isildur, mm-hmm. and he cuts the hand. Yeah, that's the helmet. That's that he's Sauron's wearing. helmet, and yeah. So and so, I guess the Witch King is wearing Sauron's helmet. I never put those yeah two and, together unless they made the helmet just look really similar. But yeah. I think it's his helmet. Yeah. Either think. way, yeah. I'm I'm certainly not correcting you. It's just my brain was just like, whoa! I never even thought of it like that. <laughs> yeah, but yes, that I mean that's one of. The many epic moments of the th- the third one. Like, yeah. everything about Return of the King is so epic. Yeah. And P.S. The date of recording is April 8th. We're going to see Return of the King in theaters in T minus like four days. Yes. I'm nodding enthusiastically. <laughs> you cannot see it, but uh, hopefully you can, you can feel my enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apparent it's like the twentieth. Well, in December will be the twentieth anniversary. Yeah. It's the twentieth year anniversary, 20, I guess, yes. and so they decided to yeah. release it now in yeah. theaters, in select theaters, select theaters. Yeah, so. and it's only for that was the only day I could get tickets. I think overall it's going to be in theaters from like the thirteenth to the nineteenth. Mm, okay, but here I could only get tickets for the thirteenth. Yeah. And so the article you had sent me said that they might be doing more showings later, later but it didn't yeah. seem guaranteed. So right. I'm glad that we just yeah 
got in on that more like this is going to be amazing the only thing that for me that could top it is if we got to see it with the orchestra playing Ooh, like the yeah they've the done that City for Symphony. yes they've done that i think for some star wars movies and maybe a harry potter movie or two i would love to they even did it for the um jj abrams star trek movies mm. at least one of them and again i just think that that would be such a thrill yeah i think they've done the first two harry potters yes yeah um i wish they would i wish they would finish all the harry potters and do all of the lord of the rings mm-hmm. because the score for lord of the rings is so like lovely and haunting yeah it's just so good and yeah. harry potter has a really excellent score too agreed Sometimes I'll just listen to it while I'm working or whatever. It's so nice. Thank God Spotify has it. (laughs) You can, like, even picture what part of the movie that particular part of the song is from. Absolutely. And the Harry Potters, especially, you know which movie you're in. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the last couple, not necessarily, like, the specific moments. Yeah. But the earlier ones, for sure. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. They really, they really went there with the score. Yeah. I mean, all the, everybody has their own opinion on the Harry Potter movies and blah, blah, blah. I enjoy them a lot. I understand they have shortcomings, but one thing that they did not come up short is the score. 100%. For sure. (laughs) We're not nerds. No. (laughs) Dakota calls me a nerd like every day. (laughs) I think Caleb also calls me a nerd, so (laughs) I wear it with pride. It's a term of endearment at this point. Exactly. (laughs) No malice intended. (laughs) Listen, we earned that shit through blood, sweat, and tears. Whenever we were young, it was not cool to be obsessed with something like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. No. And even in normal social settings, I am still the odd one out with all the random knowledge and excitement I, you know, muster up for things. People look at me like, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I have a select few. Like, you, Lauren, is, she watches Lord of the Rings, like... A, a lot. It's it's her favorite. Good to Lord know. Lord of the Rings is her favorite. Good to know. And she loves Harry Potter. She, she and I have actually done a Harry Potter marathon where we watched movies four through eight in one sitting. Nice. When we lived together. So, like, she's nerdy. In See, I feel a true nerd way. would hear that and go, yes. Yeah. Not, how do you yeah. do that one day? That's not, who would want to do that? <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah. And Jerry is nerdy. Like, we watched all three Star Wars, all three original Star Wars in one day. Nice. Yeah. So, you, Lauren, and Jerry are, like, my nerd friends. Nice. And, well, and Brianna, my sister-in-law. She's yeah. really nerdy as well. You and Ashley, and that might be it. My friend Kirsten does like some nerdy things, but... Just she's very subdued about it. She, yeah, you know? <laughs> she's like ca- a casual consumer. <laughs> yeah, she's she's not you know jumping up and down and 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 acting wild over it like yeah. like you and I would. Or my yeah. friend Ashley is very enthusiastic, nerdy person as well. <laughs> yeah, it's just and Dakota says it all the time. He's like I because he's not really into nerd stuff at all really, and he's like I wish that I had some like. A fandom or something that I loved that much. Yeah. But he just doesn't. Yeah. 
Caleb's pretty, pretty awesomely nerdy about a lot of things. The only thing that we differ on is he's not super into sci-fi like um, Star Trek is, Mm. you know, not his jam. But there are other sci-fi things that he's gotten into that, you know, or he's like learned to love over time being (laughs) married to me. But (laughs) yeah, I've actually never seen any Star Trek. I'm not opposed to it. I just have never. I've always been a Star, Star Wars girl. And I think there's room to like both. Right. Most people will probably tell you, no, there's this movie. I think it's called Fanboys. And it's about these Star Wars nerds trying to get an early viewing of, um, I think it's The Phantom Menace. But mm. there's also the a big... The one. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a... Arguably, yes. Um, the, there's, but there's this bit in there where it's Star Wars fans versus Star Trek fans. And ah. there's just there's this rivalry. I started as a hardcore Star Trek fan, but I also really like Star Wars. So yeah. I just like them for different reasons. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like the only thing that they really have in common, not having never experienced any Star Trek is that they're both space. Yes. I feel like that's like the only thing that they share. Yeah. Really. Now, Star Trek is a bit more logical and political, I guess, but I feel like mm. the Star Wars movies have got some politicalness in them. Not necessarily the early trilogy yeah. or the most recent, but the episodes one, one through, through three. three. Yeah. But um yeah. But yeah, but Star Trek still has um excitement, adventure, uh fighting, things like that. But mm-hmm. it's just it's just different. But I grew up with Star Trek Next Generation. Patrick Stewart is one of the greatest actors that I love. So oh, yeah. And he does he puts it all like all those actors in that show put it all out on the table. They just yeah. they just did the most. Even if it got weird at the end or like I think there were writer changes or something, you know, there's just some episodes that you're like, "Wow, I wonder how they felt about this one." <laughs> <laughs> like there's one where the ship doctor, Dr. Crusher falls in love. I'm sorry. she falls in love with a ghost that's is he in a candle he's in she falls in love with a ghost and it it gets a little it goes a little weird it goes a little weird it's slightly a little saucy i don't i don't really know but i feel like the actress gates mcfadden probably Mm -hmm. after that was like really guys yeah (laughs) we really did this today (laughs) yeah yeah but it's all great but yeah i i prefer most Star Trek Next Generation, but it all, it's all pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. I watched the four, five, and six, episodes four, five, and six Star Wars, like Mm -hmm. my entire childhood. Yeah. So. Uh, My, I guess my mom was more of a Star Trek person Mm because I can't remember owning Star Wars or being engulfed in it as a child. But yeah, as I got older and I watched episodes four, five, and six, I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. They're so good. And like, I actually have a collector's edition up there on my bookshelf that Dillard got me. Yeah. Oh, is that the one from the garage sale? Yes. Yeah. But originally, my stepmom, Angel, had, that's the gold edition, which is the widescreen. Angel had the silver edition, which was like regular screen. Mm-hmm. So just because a lot of time growing up, we just watched movies. We didn't have like cable or anything. Mm -hmm. So we just watched Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you you just watch the movies that are at your house. Yeah. (laughs) 
You watch what you know, and you can easily enjoy it. You don't get stressed out. Exactly. You know how it ends. Exactly. Though even when I know how something ends, sometimes I'm still, I still get stressed out. And I agree. In the high tension sections, I'm like, why, why am I upset right now? I know that it's going to be okay. I know. I think it changes from like, because when you experience it the first time, it's the unknown. Yes. So you're like really tense because you have no idea what's happening. Mm -hmm. But then after you already know, you get into like the anticipation tension. Mm -hmm. So you're anticipating because you know what's coming. Yeah. So it's like just different types of That's a good, yeah, that's a good way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of think the unknown is a little bit easier to deal with for me. Anticipation is the worst for me. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like getting a tattoo. You have that anticipation because yeah. you know what's coming. Yeah. And then you like hear them like on the foot pedal and you're like, you hear the little. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just get it over with. It's about to suck for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to remind myself. I'm like, this is only temporary. This is only temporary. The pain. I yeah. mean, the, yeah. the end result is permanent. So the pain yeah. is temporary. The cool end result is permanent. I just kind of like have to repeat that in my head as they go, especially when they hit a spot that is especially painful. (laughs) Yeah. When I was getting my palm done, all I was thinking, well, and the first time, because I have had it touched up once, but the first time I felt like, okay, this doesn't hurt as much as I thought it was going to. Mm -hmm. And that made it feel like it didn't hurt. Yes. But then when I went back to get it touched up, I had it in my mind. Oh, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. It's not going to hurt that bad. And then it hurt, and I was like, it's going to look so cool. It's going to look so cool. It's going to look so cool. (laughs) Like, in my brain over and over. I always wonder, like, because sometimes touch-ups do hurt worse, and I don't know if it's because it's almost like going over scar tissue. Yeah, it could be. So the nerves are just damaged. On fire. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we did this once. Why are you doing this to me again? Yeah. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> I've considered getting it touched up again, but I kind of just, you know, it is, it's a palm tattoo. You mm. just have to accept that yeah. it, this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. It, it looks good, though. It, it does look good. After the second, it, the lines are still very solid. Yeah. The lines are in there. There's only a couple of places, and I've had it for three years now. Yeah. And that skin is so much, like, tougher and, mm-hmm. I think, like it kind of wears away and peels more. Yeah, and... like the cell turnover is a lot higher than yeah. all of your other skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But luckily it's my left, so it's almost useless. <laughs> You're not really wearing it off like with your dominant hand. So. Yes. And it gets very little crease where it yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. That's like yeah. the, if you're going to get your palm done, this is the place to put it. And the place she is talking about is where your thumb meets your palm. Yes. And then up into your thumb maybe a little bit. Yeah. Unless you're punching people and making fists constantly, you're not going to crumple that super often. Yeah. It's, it doesn't get a lot of action in my life for sure. That's good. (laughs) Maybe we'll do like tattoo tours for our like Instagram and our TikTok one day. That would be cool. I don't have as many like fandom tattoos. I only have the one. Well, I have I, a couple, I, I guess, guess. I guess this one would count as a fandom tattoo. But. Yeah, it could, it could stand for a couple fandoms, actually, so yeah. it's multi-purpose. It's multi-purpose tattoo. <laughs> but most of mine are not fandoms. I have, the hair, I have the Harry Potter tattoo, and then this one was kind of like a mashup. Yeah, yeah. So. I've, I've got a couple, you know, Batman, uh, Lord of the Rings, 
Gravity Falls, The Mummy, you know, but I purposely, Harry Potter, I started this arm, or not started, but started the lower half of this arm with the intention of doing those random things mm-hmm. that represent the stuff that brings me joy. <laughs> yeah, I've actually thought about getting a lightning bolt on the inner Ooh. Uh, of one of my fingers, lo- like the lower knuckle inside. I thought about doing the little three Harry Potter stars, like right where, like kind of your side, if I had sideburns, yeah, <laughs> where that would be, or mm-hmm. somewhere around my ear or something, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> that would be really cute. Now all I can think about is tattoos. I know. <laughs> we should, yeah. Well, let's talk about the Hobbit now. <laughs> we talked about literally everything else. <laughs> It's so easy, though. You just start, like, talking about all the fandoms. Yeah. Eventually, we've actually talked about doing, like, Fandom Friday, since we're definitely not going to be able to put out a book episode every single week. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just not viable. No. Especially because a lot of the books we've chosen are long. Yes. So, in the event that there's, like, a lag, we could do, like, a fandom episode. Yeah. Fandom Friday. Yeah, that'd be cool. So you could have like a one hour. Little random. Yeah. Blurb. Yeah. uh, What's the word? Uh, Ramble sesh. (laughs) Yeah. Like the intro to this episode. Or to every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if we got all of it out on a Fandom Friday, we would get to our topic sooner. Probably not. (laughs) Probably Probably not. not. (laughs) Okay, so The Hobbit. Is this our oldest book? No, we did Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it is the oldest one since then, though. Yeah, I was going to say, it's our second oldest. Yeah, it's our middle child. <laughs> <laughs> she was published September 21st, 1937 by 1J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, the first print was about 1,500 copies, which I was actually surprised that it was that many. Is that a lot for then? I, yeah. I mean, the first print of Harry Potter was 500. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. And that was many years later. Yeah. (laughs) That was like 96. So I I don't know if maybe Tolkien was just really well connected or had a relationship with the publisher Mm -hmm. because he was a professor of English Mm -hmm. and I mean, back then it might've been a smaller community. I don't know. Was this his... First book? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. He had been writing, like, I think he, even whenever he published The Hobbit, he had already written a lot of what makes up the Silmarillion, or at least a good portion of it. Oh, okay. So he had been writing Middle Earth stuff for a long time. Just hadn't got it into a narrative story. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Silmarillion is... is a collection of mm-hmm. it's more of like an appendices. Yeah. And maybe they just like you said he's well he was well connected into that community, so mm-hmm. perhaps they just had very high confidence in the yeah. story that he created. They all really liked him. We're like yeah. we're going to need a lot of these. And it was probably also one of those instances where there's not a lot of this kind of story being published mm-hmm. and he really pro- didn't have any competition. So they probably read it and were like, there's literally nothing that exists like this. They were, they instantly thought we have a hit on our hands. Exactly. And they were <laughs> right. Yes. So, um, the first print 1500 copies, it sold, it 
released at the end of September was sold out by December because the reviews were so good. People, they were like, hey. This guy knows what's up. He's changing the game out here. <laughs> so um, it was the first print was illustrated in black and white, and those illustrations were all drawn by Tolkien. Very cool. Very cool. He designed the dust jacket as well. So you can buy... I actually ordered for my youngest nephew who is going to be one in September, I, for his birth, for my sister for her baby shower, I ordered him a copy of The Hobbit from Shakespeare & Co. in Paris. And it's The Hobbit with the original dust jacket. Oh, wow. It's not like a first edition copy or anything, but it is a reprint of that first dust jacket. What a jacket. keepsake. I scoured the internet for that thing. I, don't, I think it was only like 35 bucks or something. It wasn't like expensive. That's good. It just, most copies are just not the original dust jacket. Yeah. I hope he treasures it. I hope so. I got it stamped and everything because you can get like the Shakespeare and Co. like logo stamp in it. Nice. If he becomes ungrateful, you, you just <sighs> snatch it, it back. right back. <laughs> I wanted to keep it. When it came in, I was like. I'm going to go to Walmart and buy him a basic copy and uh, keeping <laughs> yeah. this one for myself. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to keep it, but I bought it for him. Jacoby, you are welcome. <laughs> if you weren't so cute. So The Hobbit is one of the best-selling books of all time. As By it should be. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> By 2012, it had sold over 100 million copies. And this is just The Hobbit. This does not include Lord of the Rings. Wowzers. And it's been translated into more than 60 languages. That's great. Yeah. I think Harry Potter was like 80, but yeah, that's Harry <laughs> Potter. I was going to make this uh, kind of correlation. We were talking about the Star Wars movies before. The Star Wars movies, the um, episodes four, five, and six have gone through some revisions at mm -hmm. the creator's decision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the same ha happened for The Hobbit. It did. There was a handful of revisions since the original publication. Um, after the success of the first print, Tolkien's publisher asked for a sequel. So Tolkien gave him the Cimmerillion drafts, but those were rejected. As Maddie had pointed out, they're more of informational, not yeah. really narrative. Right. So the publisher stated that the readers wanted some more stories about the hobbits. So Tolkien began what would become the Lord of the Rings. But because of this, Tolkien went back to revise certain details from the Hobbit to better suit a sequel, including changes to Gollum and the ring. And actually my copy of the Hobbit gave a little blurb about that, which I thought was really interesting and mm -hmm. really cool. So I, I, I liked that they included that, but just talking about, how he chose to make some changes to have it better suit the furthering story, which mm -hmm. sometimes it can feel like, why would you change that? But I, I think it obviously served the story better yeah. in, in the end. So it was, it was well worth it and something that he made the right choice to do. Yeah. And Tolkien himself did it. I think yeah, that's right. the important part. If someone else did it, that's when it's like, uh. Yeah, that's when it feels icky. Yeah. But I will say the changes that George Lucas made, <laughs> I don't know that I agree with. I like the puppets and the practical and the, you know, then you have the debate of who shot first and yeah. all that stuff. It, it just... <laughs> 
I, I think that it was more successful for The Hobbit than it was yeah. for the Star Wars original yeah. trilogy. And uh, books lend themselves to revision much more than films. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. But I don't I don't feel like the changes were, like, super drastic. Like, right. They're very minimal. Yeah. Like, originally Gollum bet his ring willingly and he and Bilbo parted ways amicably. But, however, in subsequent editions, Tolkien made the ring more powerful and gave it its corrupting abilities. He also made Gollum more aggressive and distraught at losing it. Mm-hmm. I think it just made that situation that much more interesting. Yeah. And, it, and really fueled the, the trilogy beyond. Yeah. So yeah. he took something that was simple and possibly even kind of sweet and and turned it into such a huge big deal so yeah because i uh, obviously the only version i've ever read is the version where the ring is the one ring right and Gollum is what we think of him as right but even reading the hobbit you you still even with those changes until you read lord of the rings you don't know the significance yeah, it just right. and it hey you know what it made Gollum more important to the story as well yeah. rather than just like a passerby that was like oh I'll play riddles. Here's my ring. See ya, fella. Like, (laughs) it made Gollum that much more important to the story. So Gollum should be thankful, even though he got turned in kind of a jerk. But (laughs) Yeah, I do. I really loved Gollum Mm -hmm. just in the whole series in The Hobbit and in Lord of the Rings. I always really enjoyed his character. Mm -hmm. He is very, very identifiable. Like, his speech patterns, Mm -hmm. I think, are really creative. And... I just really, really enjoy it. I just love the way he talks, honestly. He's just a creepy little he's so creature. Creepy. He is. But when uh, when he's sad, you just, that's, it's like you do feel pity for him, even though yeah. he is kind of awful and conniving and selfish. Yeah, because even, you know, when you get that uh, flashback in the in the Lord of the Rings books, it happens in Fellowship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gandalf is telling, I I believe Gandalf is telling Frodo the story at the beginning about Smeagol and all that. But in the movies, you get the flashback at the beginning of Return of the King. I hate it. Oh. (laughs) It creeps me out. Like, his descent into what he becomes, like, physically. Oh, I hate it. (laughs) It really, whenever it shows, like, the close-up of him eating that fish, it's horrifying. Yes. It's the most disturbing thing I've probably seen on film. One of the most. But um, even it, when he was still a hobbit, or whatever yeah. he was that was related yeah, to a hobbit. Yeah, they call him like a river folk or yeah, something like that? It, yeah, it's unclear, but it's a, you know, he was similar to a hobbit. Mm-hmm. So when, even then, he had a, he was greedy. Yeah. So he already had that in him. In him. I and maybe I should save this for um once we get to the third yeah. Lord of the or the well I guess it would be in the first Lord of the Rings book but I've always been curious because I have not yet read the Lord of the Rings books I've only just completely devoured the movies over and over and over again but in the movie did they make him speak in third person like that from the beginning just to help dumb audiences know that hey that's who becomes Gollum or did Smeagol speak like that? 
Well, I don't, I don't. Like when he's wrestling the ring from his friend, he's like, we wants it. It's, it's our birthday. Well, since it's like a story Mm -hmm. that uh, I think it's Gandalf, it could have been Bilbo who's Mm -hmm. telling the story, but whenever they're telling the story, so I don't know necessarily. That you even get that. Yeah. You don't get any, like, you don't get any Smeagol on the page. Because before we got to that, you know, movie and saw that scene. I just figured the dual personality, all of that came with the corruption of the ring. So when they Mm -hmm. did the flashback and he was already talking like that, Mm -hmm. I found it a bit strange, but not to say that he couldn't have been like that before. I just, I just thought it was part of the corruption rather than like, Oh, he was, he, he was off his rock before. Yeah. That happened. I Yeah. I Yeah, I don't know. It's not clear in the books because you don't ever get... That scene doesn't exist yeah. okay. in the books, so... Well, then I can keep my head canon that <laughs> maybe he wasn't that weird yeah. before. <laughs> he might have had some similar speech patterns, yeah. like we wants it, yeah. right? Or like how he puts S's on the end of a lot yes. of his words. Yeah. That could have existed, but the I do think the dual personality is yeah. an effect of the ring. Yeah. Okay. So I think because he, um, it's explained that whenever he does his like little like cough, mm-hmm. it sounds like he's saying Gollum. Yes. So that's why they call him that mm-hmm. as opposed to him calling himself Gollum. Mm. So that's the explanation. Yeah, because he calls yeah. himself, does he call himself Precious as as well as the ring? Well, when he's talking, it's like as if he's talking to the ring. Okay. So he says like we... Mm-hmm. And he says precious all the mm-hmm. time, even when he doesn't have the ring. He's not right. talking about the ring. Yeah. He's addressing it. Okay. Because, so, yeah, sometimes I was like, is he ta- calling himself precious also? And I feel like the Hobbit book does say something about how he's, ref- does men- like the narrator says something about how he's referring to himself, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, there is that. And he also doesn't refer to Bilbo as, like, a. he doesn't address him in second person, like, you, blah, blah. Yeah. He says it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's so creepy. It is creepy. <laughs> He's dehumanizing Bilbo so he doesn't feel so bad when he eats him. God. <laughs> wow. We could, we could do a whole episode just about Gollum. <laughs> really. <laughs> the Gollum origin story. Right. But I guess we should... I guess we should talk about the other characters, too. Yeah, we should talk about the other characters. <laughs> we're, we're 48 minutes in, and we haven't even begun. Oh, yeah. Hope you have a snack, guys. Buckle up. <laughs> okay. So the characters. We're just going to go through and tell you who the characters are, and then we'll get into our plot points. That way, if you've never read The Hobbit, you will know who we're talking about. Yeah, or at least have a vague recollection of who we're discussing. Yeah. So first we have uh, our titular character, Bilbo Baggins. He's a hobbit. He lives at Bag End in Hobbiton in the Shire. The most magical place on earth as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. One day we're going (laughs) to venture over to New Zealand and visit Bag End. It is still there and maintained by New Zealand. I'm just moving in. I'm not visiting. Yeah. Here I come. (laughs) Yeah. Because they... Built out a full little, like, city for filming purposes. Because yeah. they did so much of the Lord of the Rings. 
I'm glad that it's still there, really. I think yeah. that's fantastic. And, of course, I'm, it pays off for itself. People love Lord of the Rings. Of course they go there just for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm Lord, New Zealand is gorgeous, and I'm sure that it's lovely outside of that, but that would be the reason I would go there. The same. Absolutely. <laughs> the number one reason. Um, then Gandalf, the wizard. Gandalf the Grey. The disturber of the peace. The disturber of the peace. <laughs> Uh, Thorin Oakenshield, he is, I mean, the the dwarf king, essentially. King under the mountain, or king. hoping to be. Hoping to be. One day to be restored. And then we've got the company of dwarves. Not all of these are get their own personality, really. A lot of them operate as just the unit. True. So you have Dwalin, Balin, Killy, Philly, Dory. Nori, Ori. I don't know if this one is Oin or Owen. I think it's Oin. It's okay. Oin and Gloin. <laughs> Bifer, Bofer, Bomber, and that's the full company. Yeah. So I, there are only a few that have actual like characteristics that you remember, and that's obviously Bomber. Yeah. He's the he's the big one. Yeah. <laughs> he's the big one, and yeah. he, you know. Yeah. And if Struggles. I hadn't heard it spoken, like, I, like, cause they, Andy Circus while reading it, and I think in the movie, they, it almost sounds like they sang Bomba. Oh, which, yeah. <laughs> but it's spelled Bombers. So. Yeah. And it also, like, their accent probably yes. doesn't give it that hard R at yeah. the end. Yeah. But it is Bomber. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Killy and Philly are brothers, I'm sure. They're the youngest yes. in the company. And I believe they're Thorin's nephews, because they yes. mentioned that Thorin is their mother's brother. Yes. So, I just love the rhyming, like, yeah. are the rhymed names, are they related, or did they just, like, join up, like, hey, we're a little crew, <laughs> like, Billy and Killy, Dory, Nori, Ori, Oin, Gloin. <laughs> and even, like, Biffer Bump, Biffer, Boffer, Bomber. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah. or, it's very sing-songy <laughs> yeah, when you say yes, all of them. Yes, yes. Um, fun fact, Gloin is the father of Gimli from Lord right. of the Rings. Right. Gimli, for, son of Gloin. Yes. And I, until you mentioned it the other day, I was like, it didn't even register in my brain. <laughs> but yeah. yes, Gimli, son of Gloin. Yeah, because I think Andy Serkis in the audiobook pronounces it Gloin. Oh, and, and that's why I was like... You might be right. Because I think he says Owen and Glowen. And I was like, wait, but in the oh. movies, isn't it Gimli, son of Gloin? Yeah. So I think it is supposed to be Gloin. Okay. Yeah. Which is what made me think it was Oin. Yeah. I think that's right. But again, yeah, because... And usually when the dwarves are mentioned, there are some that are mentioned individually here and there, like mm -hmm. for moments when they're talking like or Balin. something happens. But for the most part, it's like a lot of, it's like, it's listed several times and it's <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, yeah, it just always rhymes. But yeah, however you read it, however it makes sense in your head, yeah, you, yeah. Know, <laughs> you know, it's all a little rhymey, sing songy little verse, if yes. you will. <laughs> yes, it is. It's clear. This, the names of the dwarfs is really what, one of the first things that tells you that this book was originally 
written for children. Yeah, because it's just fun and, like I said, unbelievable that you would just be like, oh, Dwalin and Balin. You know, like, that yeah. they would all, like, yeah. just happen to rhyme unless... And I'm sure a lot of them are related, but it still just makes me laugh. Yeah. So then we also have Smaug. He's the dragon, the clever dragon, mm. who is sitting on top of the treasure that is, by rights... Supposed to be for Thor and Oak and Shield. Yeah. Come and on. anyone else that he stole from, that greedy jerk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have Elrond, which you will recall from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. He is the elf lord. Of Rivendell. Of Rivendell. And then what was the name of the one from the forest? Thrandil? Thrandil? Yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's from Mirkwood. Yeah. That is the, the father of Legolas. From Lord of the Rings. But he is not in this book. Legolas is not in The Hobbit. But he's in the movie. Listen, Peter Jackson. (laughs) We're going to talk about this more later, sir. We are not finished. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have Bjorn, which made me think of Bjork. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Bjorn is the guy who he can turn into a bear. Mm-hmm. And he is the one who shows up when they're being, when they get out of the Misty Mountains mm-hmm. and the goblins are on their tail yeah. before the eagles come. I think Bjorn comes with the eagles. At the end? When they, when they get out of the Misty Mountains. Oh, you mean after the goblin attack? Yes. They, so he doesn't come with the eagles, but they, that's where Gandalf. They go to They go Bjorn's. to Bjorn after because he, Gandalf is basically thinking this is an area where there's not a ton of people. There are people who have sort of settled in this area, mm-hmm. but they're very spread out. Yeah. There's only one person that I know that could kind of help us and possibly protect us in this moment where we have no food, no shelter. No supplies. No supplies. No horses. Right. So they go to Bjorn's, but uh, that's when he does, like, the story of, like, he doesn't want to overwhelm Bjorn with, like, a a crew of 15 or 14. So he has them come, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah, yeah, he has them come every, like, few minutes or whatever. Which is exactly how they showed up at Bag End. Yes. (laughs) I didn't, yeah, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) But But yeah, so he, he was slightly after that, he, but... In the end battle, he came at the same time. Yeah. As oh, the yeah, eagles. Yes, yes. So that's probably what you're that's thinking what I was of. Thinking, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's... is he a s- skinwalker? What do they call that? Maybe a skin changer. Skin changer. Yeah. There, there's a specific term, and they yeah. basically are like, "Do not offend him by calling him something else. This is what he is." Yeah. And of uh, course, I didn't. Yeah. It down. <laughs> and then there's Bard the Bowman. He's from Lake Town. Which is right near the Lonely Mountain, where Smaug is residing with the treasure. Smaug the Smug Jerk. Yep. (laughs) And he is the one who eventually shoots the arrow. The hero. Of Dale. The hero of Dale. Okay, so those are all the main characters. And now we will do a a very short, like, (laughs) two-sentence plot summary. And then we'll do the really long one. And then we'll get into the the nitty gritty. So this is basically back of the book. Yeah. What it says. Probably even shorter. Probably even shorter. So. 
The Hobbit is set in Middle-earth and follows home-loving Bilbo Baggins, the titular Hobbit, who joins the wizard Gandalf and 13 dwarves that make up Thorn Oakenshield's company on a quest to reclaim the dwarves' home and treasure from the dragon Smaug. Bilbo's journey takes him from his peaceful rural surroundings into more sinister territory. Boom. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess we're going to talk about major plot points. Starting off with Bilbo. There is one part at the very beginning that I just love so much. First, we meet Bilbo, and it talks about his hobbit hole, and I like that it describes (laughs) that he's not living in, like, a damp, dark, dirty hole. Mm -hmm. He's in, like, a nice hole. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, it's an earth contact home. (laughs) He's like, this guy is not shabby. Yeah. It's chic. He wants no misconceptions about the kind of hobbit that Bilbo is. True. He's Mm well-to-do. He's a richy rich. I don't even know that, I mean, there could be hobbits that live in dirty holes, but it seems like hobbits overall enjoy comfort. Yeah, they want to be comfortable and cozy. And well-fed. And (laughs) well-fed. I should have been born in that world. I know. (laughs) It just sounds like exactly the life that I want to live. Agreed. Come on. (laughs) So Bilbo lives his quiet, peaceful life in his comfortable hobbit hole called Bag End. What a hobbit is, essentially, they're small. They call them halflings in Mm -hmm. The Lord of the Rings. They are plump because they love food, which, same. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They have furry toes and a a great love of food and drink. Bilbo is content at Bag End, and this is near the Hobbit village of Hobbiton. Mm-hmm. So he's just out here living his life. Yeah. And then one day he is disrupted yes. largely. Yes. Before we move on, I do want to make a I just think it's so funny. The descript like I love the detailed descriptions. I think it really Makes everything come to life, but I love the fact that, like, not only do we learn that they're, like, feet are furry, but also that the bottoms of their feet are hard, like, a shoe sole. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's just funny to me. It's like, no, they don't wear shoes, but don't worry, like, the bottom of yeah. his feet are super strong. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't want to leave that one to concern or chance. <laughs> yeah. That is one of the things, like, when I'm watching a horror film, one of the things that really, like, makes me cringe the most is when someone is barefoot. Yeah. And and maybe he knew that. He thought, people are going to be worried about this little yeah. dude because, I mean, not that we know, have been told at all that the dwarves are wearing shoes, so maybe we should have been concerned about their tootsies. But, but <laughs> I just, I really do love the care he took to fully describe yeah. a hobbit. Yeah. Physically and even emotionally, how right. they most of them are non-adventurous. That's right. They want adventures of n- no kind of the, adventure. Right. Because they want to stay in comfort. That's right. But you have the rare hobbit. It gets a little wild hair. Yep. A, a little squirrely toe hair, if you will. Yeah. And wants to go on an adventure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, one day, Gandalf, he shows up. Disturbing disturbing everyone's peace. (laughs) So my first thought here is that how did Gandalf choose Bilbo? 
That was my first thought until he explained it, obviously, mm-hmm. because uh, Bilbo's mom is Belladonna Tuke, mm-hmm. the daughter of the old Tuke, mm-hmm. who was a great friend of Gandalf. Yes. So that is why he picks Bilbo. Yeah. He's like, I need a little person that can sneak in and out, who can burgle for this crew. Mm-hmm. What would be good for that? Well, hobbits would be a good race for that, but most of them are pretty stingy. But my old Tuke friend, yeah. his squirrely, maybe, maybe he's got some family that would be willing to go. <laughs> and it turns out he was correct. Now, it's in this scene that my favorite exchange of the entire book happens. About good morning? About good morning. I love it, too. It's my absolute favorite. So, Bilbo wishes Gandalf a good morning. And Gandalf says, what do you mean? Do you wish me a good morning? Or mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Or that you feel good this morning? Or that it is a morning to be good on? (laughs) (laughs) You're just full of questions. Yeah. Just a simple salutation is all Bilbo is intending. He's hardly had a sip of coffee. Yeah. Barely taken a puff from his pipe of tobacco. (laughs) He probably has only had one breakfast. He's not had his second breakfast yet. Right. The man is not fully awake. He's just right. he's just not overthinking. He just wants to wish you good morning. Yeah, exactly. But I love that Gandalf like overthinks it. <laughs> and I just I just love it too. I was like just like Bobo says like uh all at once. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That sounds great. It really shows both of their characters mm-hmm. like who they are as characters. Yes. It's a perfect <laughs> yeah, perfect telling interaction for sure. And then when he gets upset and he wishes him good morning, <laughs> Gandalf is like, oh, so now you mean the opposite, that you wish me to... Leave. To, to go away. I'm sure Gandalf was a little disappointed at first when he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna find a descendant of the Tukes, and they're going to be more than pleased Ready to, go to go on an adventure. Already packed. This guy's kind of stuffy, a little uptight, maybe a little anxious. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. am I supposed to do with this? And then he goes, you know what? This will be good for you. This is it? I've chosen you. And Bilbo's still like, for what? Huh? <laughs> And even by the end of the interaction, he does not know what is intended for him. He has no idea. He's so confused. <laughs> Poor Bilbo. Poor Bilbo. <laughs> but they, you know, they have their chat. And then yeah. Gandalf basically invites himself the next day or the next yeah. couple of days. I think in his fluster after being called out for, you know, basically giving him a get off my lawn good day. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, come to tea tomorrow. Bye. And then, you know, when he gets inside his hole, he's, why did you invite him over? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure Gandalf had decided, like, yeah, I'm coming back. Right. (laughs) Right. He just hadn't communicated what that entailed to Bilbo yet. Exactly. (laughs) And then Gandalf, like, carves some symbol into Bilbo's front door. Which we later learn is an invitation of... Thief looking for work. Yes, it is. It's offering his services as a burglar. That would actually be a fun tattoo, just that little rune symbol oh, for thief looking for work. Ooh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the next day, and Bilbo's like getting ready for like tea. Yeah, he he kind of forgets about it, and then as the time comes up, he's like, oh. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I invited that guy for tea. I better yeah. get ready. And Cause, yeah, because in Hobbit culture, being a good host is a big deal. Yes. Like, you have to 
have the refreshments, you need not only the the drink, but you need the food, the food. as well. And, you know, you have to be a good host. A gracious host. Yes. And despite what he has to endure, he is actually quite a gracious host. He really is. He handles all of what is coming in stride. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't really show his irritation outwardly except for like near the end of like the shenanigans yes (laughs) yes so we have our dwarf crew showing up and there the the doorbell rings at first and bilbo's like oh gandalf is here okay Mm -hmm. whatever this is gonna be (laughs) yeah but it's not gandalf it's a dwarf it's a dwarf and moments go by and more and more dwarves just show up individually or in pairs yep until the whole dang crew is there. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, like, Gandalf doesn't show up until the end. The He's, end. like, there with the last dwarves. And so Bilbo just has a house full of dwarves. And he's like, what on earth is going on? Right. Demanding food and drink, which yes. he is graciously giving them. And they all want something different. And they're all eating up his entire stores. Because yeah. I don't think we said, but hobbits eat, is it seven meals a day? It's breakfast, so. second breakfast, afternoon tea. Elevensies. Elevensies. Is elevensies before tea? Yeah. So breakfast, second breakfast, elevensies, afternoon tea, dinner, supper. I'm And there's one. lunch. Yeah. Why did I forget lunch? Shameful. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they eat a <laughs> lot. Yeah. They have a lot of caloric needs. Yeah. I, too, have a lot of caloric needs. (laughs) But, yeah, so they're just eating up all his stores. And he's not really fussing at them. You know, he's trying to be nice as they're just barking orders at him. That's true. (laughs) And it would have been so much nicer if Gandalf showed up first and was like, hey, surprise. This is what's happening. But instead, he lets all the dwarves show up first. Yeah. And Bilbo is so confused. That's very Gandalf. (laughs) But he probably figures if he knew beforehand, he wouldn't let them in. So he figured he would have to. The element of surprise. Right. He'd have to be a good host, even in his bewilderment. And Mm -hmm. then then he's trapped into the (laughs) into the deal. (laughs) Yep. He's he's in it at this point. So, yeah, he's serving the tea, ale, cakes, and other stuff. They're making a mess. Though, I will say, at one point, they do clean up after themselves, which they I do. thought was finally nice of them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but once they've eaten and drunk to their fill and uh, sang some songs, then it comes out that the dwarves are embarking on a great quest to reclaim their treasure from the marauding dragon Smaug, and Bilbo is to act as their burglar. I like the burglar element. Mm-hmm. I like that Bilbo is the burglar. That he has a specific task, has a, a role. A role and a title. Mm-hmm. And I also like that it's burglar because mm-hmm. I like that word a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And I like that you can make it into a verb and use burgle. <laughs> it's so yes. funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to, you know, I'm yeah. going to go burgle this house. People yeah. don't say that. No. I'm going to break into this house. Right. I'm going to rob this house. I wish people would think about their words more and their crimes. I'm, like, I'm going to burgle this house yeah. instead. Not that I want us to start a life of crime, but um, I want us to use burgle more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for people out there who already live a life of crime, you should consider your vernacular and switch out rob or break into 
And use Burgle. And use Burgle instead. Do us a favor. Yeah. And tell us about it. You know, obviously use code names. We won't turn you in. Right. But tell us about your <laughs> burgling schemes. <laughs> yeah. And you saying that made me realize no one else really had a specific role. No. Other than going on this adventure. So. Yeah. And that is very telling. It's very telling that the dwarves did not have a real, true plan. Because Gandalf is the one who picked mm-hmm. a Bilbo mm-hmm. to be the burglar. And the reason they need they didn't want to have a party of 13, because it's unlucky. Mm-hmm. So they wanted the 14th, mm-hmm. and they decided that 14th person needed to be the burglar. To do all the hard stuff. To do all the hard stuff, which he eventually, he does. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of feelings about that. <laughs> or maybe it's just one very strong feeling, <laughs> yeah. but we can get there later. <laughs> but even though Gandalf, who I feel like is very respected, mm-hmm. they are very skeptical of his choice for a burglar. Yeah, Thorin questions Gandalf, like, almost for immediately. Most, for most of the book, mm-hmm. honestly. Even after Bilbo has done some pretty yeah. awesome things, he's still yeah. like, "Why'd you, why'd you pick this guy?" Yeah, and even now in the beginning, I could, I could understand a little bit mm-hmm. after Bilbo has his, his slight breakdown. <laughs> but I think they questioned him even before that. I was like, he hasn't given you any in- inclination that he's nervous or doesn't understand what's going on yet, and yeah. you're already questioning. Yeah, but yeah, so I mean. That they have that little tiff, but Gandalf's like, hey, if I say he's a burglar, he's a burglar. Right. I, I picked him for a reason. <laughs> he will prove you wrong. Right, right. But And Bilbo is terrified to leave his comfortable life to seek adventure. But And I love that he talks about, like, the struggle between his Baggins side and his Took side. Yeah. The Bagginses are very well-respected hobbits. Yep. They're, you know... As Frodo says in the movie, never went on any adventures and never did anything, you know. Unexpected. (laughs) Unexpected. But the Tooks are much more adventurous. And even it's rumored that they have, is it? An elf. An elf in their bloodline. Yeah. Which would play into the the little uh, mischievous nature of their sides. But I like that Mm -hmm. the narrator is discussing kind of back and forth his inner struggle of wanting to be comfortable, but also like being mesmerized by their song and their talk of of gold. Like I even uh, marked it in the book. Like I love that moment. Let me see if I can. Yeah. And there's like a, the inner monologue of Bilbo thinking of, like, heroes and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's drawn to it, but he's conflicted. Yeah. Yeah. It says, As they sang, the hobbit felt the love of beautiful things made by hands and by cunning and by magic moving through him. A fierce and jealous love, the desire of the hearts of dwarves. Then something Tukish woke up inside him, and he wished to go and see these great mountains, and hear the pine trees and the waterfalls and explore the caves, and wear a sword instead of a walking stick. You know, I just, I thought that, I just loved that description. And then, of course, like, moments later, then he thinks about the d- the dragon and the dangers, and then he kind of, like, clams back in. Yeah. But I, I just love the way that that um, that awakening inside him is described. I just, it's, I don't know, it's, it's beautiful to me. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, so with everything going, you know, even through all the discussions, Gandalf assures them that, both Bilbo and the dwarves <laughs> that uh, there's more to the Hobbit than meets the eye, and he's gonna do a great job. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna surprise everyone. Mm-hmm. 
But he does have a little bit of a breakdown. He does. He faints. Yeah. But then he hears <laughs> them kind of doubting him in the other room. And that's when the yeah. quote from the beginning of the episode, he decides like he wants to prove them wrong and be fierce. Yeah. You know. I love that quote a lot. I do, too. It's such a good one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everybody wants to, like, feel like they're fierce at some point, I yeah. think. Yeah. Especially when you're doubted. It's like, it, yes. I'll show you. Yeah. I think that is a really uh, excellent part in the book that shows, like, Tolkien was, he had an understanding of human nature. Mm-hmm. Because it, it is a natural reaction for most people whenever someone is like, no, you can't do that. For them to be like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Of course I can. Now, mm-hmm. now I'm going to do it. Yeah. Simply to defy you. Yeah. I, but I think he's he's undecided until he runs out the door. <laughs> yeah, he fully is. He yeah. fully is. So the dwarves spend the night. And the plan is that they're going to set out on their journey the next day at 11 sharp. Right. 11 a.m. sharp. So, Bilbo wakes up, and all the dwarves and Gandalf, they're gone. Because I don't, they had not finished the the deal makings, right. as it were, before he laid himself down to rest. It was yeah. just all too overwhelming for he him. Was, he was overwhelmed, <laughs> he went to bed, and they hadn't discussed his terms, his repayment, mm-hmm. or anything. So when they were all gone, he's like, well, I guess, other than the mess they left, he was like, oh, okay, that wasn't a dream, but I I guess I'm not going. Yeah. So he, like, cleans up, makes himself a nice little breakfast, and he's, like, chilling, just enjoying his breakfast. About to have a second breakfast. About to enjoy second breakfast. (laughs) And and Gandalf arrives, and he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) You are supposed to meet the crew. Right. And that's when he finds... Thorin's letter on the mantle. Yeah. <laughs> have you not cleaned? I love how he's like, had you not cleaned the mantelpiece? It's like, did you not see did the mess see they the mess? mess that they left me? Uh, they they cleaned the one mess the night before, but in the morning they were in a rush to get onto the journey. They cooked themselves their breakfast. Right. And then headed out without cleaning. Right. And Bilbo was a bit perturbed that they yeah. didn't even thank him for his hospitality. That's right. You know, but luckily in the letter. They did. They did. So Bilbo reads the letter and then he, bas- Gandalf basically is like, you have to leave. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> you you got to go. <laughs> na- they're leaving in 15 minutes. Literally, you have to go now. You have no time to grab a handkerchief, to no. s- a snack. A nothing. No you walking need, stick. You got 15 minutes. I need you <laughs> to run. So Bilbo runs. He doesn't get his cloak. No. He doesn't get his walking stick, his handkerchief, no supplies, nothing. A man who enjoys comfort left all behind. All of his shit. In an instant. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he meets the company and they have a little horse for him. A little pony, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. They're all on ponies because dwarves are also significantly shorter than humans. They're just not. Yeah. When they say halfling, it's it's pr- half the size of a human. Yes. Not 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 a uh, other race that's taller. It's half half the average size of a human. <laughs> right. So like three foot. Yeah. Maybe three. Yeah. Three foot, three and a half. Yeah. So they're really small and dwarves are slightly larger. Yeah. Than the Hobbit. I think they're a bit taller and wider. Yeah. There's, they're significantly more robust. Yes. Robust is such a good descriptor. (laughs) 
But they're all on ponies. And I think, I, is it Balin that gives him a I um, believe it is Balin that gives him a cloak. Which yeah. is nice. It's very nice. So yeah. he, he has a cloak at this point. <laughs> but it's, I don't remember how soon after they set off that Gandalf joins them. I think it might, it might be like shortly after they get going or right mm-hmm. when they're about to get going. Yeah. Then Gandalf had grabbed the things that he felt mm-hmm. Bilbo would need. Um, I think he grabbed him some handkerchiefs and some few other Audens or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, he showed up with, with some of the supplies. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, what is he barking at? He's mad. He's really upset. There's probably someone like walking outside. Other people existing is very upsetting to dogs sometimes. Yeah, Artie gets very territorial. <laughs> territorial, And when people walk, like, on the street in front of our house, he's displeased. Yeah. When the girls are in the backyard, also dogs. <laughs> 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 I don't have children that yell at passerby. <laughs> That'd be funny, though. <laughs> but, yeah, when the girls, when they're in the fence in backyard and they see anyone on any other street, they're like, hey, what are you doing over there? Are you mm-hmm. supposed to be over there? Yeah. Very upset about it. They're so upset. <laughs> so. They're just kind of going. Uh, they start their journey. Yeah, they're there's, going along. There's some rain. There's some yeah, uncomfortable. There's some... But, I mean, it's it, nothing adventure. I don't know how long up until, like, the thing we're about to talk about. But they're traveling for a bit. There's some yeah. rainy times. There's some yeah. slightly uncomfortable times. And, you know. Mm-hmm. And not just Bilbo. Even the dwarves are like, oh, man, I miss. Uh, I miss having a comfortable place to lay and be warm and not wet all the time. (laughs) And Bilbo has the thought multiple times throughout the book how he wishes for his hobbit hole. Mm -hmm. Longs for his the comfort of his hobbit hole. And his comfy chair. Mm -hmm. But I do like that he says that, you know, he's not alone in that, that the the dwarves also have. It's not like, oh yeah, puny little whiny Bilbo. It's like, no, they all are like, yeah, this is already uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, they're all experiencing massive discomfort. But Yeah, and it's raining a lot. It rains a lot at the beginning of this journey. It sounds so... Just the idea of being sopping wet constantly. Yeah, it sounds terrible. (laughs) I I hate even if, like, I step in water in my socks. Yeah. Let alone my full body and all of my clothes being Completely drenched, yeah. No. And one especially rainy, miserable night. I think they're low on food Mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. And, uh... They're, they're looking for any sort of comfort. And I think Gandalf is sort of snuck away at this point. Yeah, he Gandalf kind of, is in and out throughout the journey. And without announcement. He's not like, yeah. hey, guys, I'm going to I'm gonna go scout ahead, mm-hmm. I'll, but I'll be back. He just, like, dips out. Yeah, he just disappears. And they're all they're like, all right, well, where's Gandalf? Right. And so they're cold and hungry, and they're, they're thinking, we need to be searching for something. So. Yeah. They see a fire in the distance, and they're like, okay, perfect. We got a little burglar. We'll send him. He'll yeah. be quick and quiet. Because that is one of the things that it is talked about in the book, is that hobbits can move through, can be almost silent yes. on their feet. Mm-hmm. So they can move through, like, the woods and trees mm-hmm. almost silently. And I will say, that it, in The Hobbit, anyway, they do mention that dwarves can be pretty nimble as well, which is hilarious because in the Lord of the Rings films, yeah. they talk about how uh, <laughs> they hear Gimli, you know, yeah. breathing a mile away. So I, I was a little surprised to see that they were like, actually, yeah. 
Dwarves aren't terrible, but they can be noisy. <laughs> Which, because I do think throughout The Hobbit, there are, like, inner monologues of Bilbo thinking about how loud the dwarves are. Yeah. Maybe that doesn't... I thought there was a moment where they say that... But maybe maybe it's other attributes that they're okay at or good at that Bilbo is just especially good at. But, yeah, maybe they are a little more blundering than they than they think that they are. So maybe I have that mem- remembered wrong. It could <laughs> but, be something in the film, though. Yeah. You know. But you're right. In the book, he does say that they're they're loud. I think it's like if they need to be quiet, maybe they can be. Mm-hmm. But they're, it's not something they're especially skilled at. Yeah. But, again, I could be remembering this wrong now. I just remember thinking... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but you're yeah. right. He does like, he's like, God, these people are so loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So they, they convince Bilbo to go check it out. And there's three trolls sitting around that warm, toasty fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> before he goes, you know, they're one of our favorite quotes, which We'll, we'll we'll make you wait till later to hear it, but yeah. they're they're you know their their way of saying like well let us know if you're in danger if you can't come back you know <laughs> so they're expecting he's gonna signal them run into something and say, yes. yeah signal them you know they're like understandably if not but preferably if you can signal us but he sees trolls he thinks he should turn back but he just gets this the that tukish feeling i think he's mm-hmm. like well i don't want to come back empty-handed i need to prove to these guys yeah that i'm a good burglar so he yeah. tries to snatch something out of a troll's pocket and it doesn't go well <laughs> yeah his burgling skills are do not include pickpockets no especially a, and i thought this was so strange the troll's wallet talked yeah it did i think he probably would have gotten the wallet I successfully think so. had it not Talked. They're like enchanted or something. It was yeah. just a one sentence description, but I was like, mm-hmm. oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I had to read it like three times. I was like, okay, so the wallet is what talked. The, okay. The wallet is alerting. I guess that's yeah. a foolproof alarm system for your monies. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's smart, especially yeah. with how ding dong dumb these trolls can be. But the trolls are really dumb. Yeah. So he gets snatched. He does not make any sort of alert. No, so the no. trolls co- or the, the dwarves come a, a search in and one by one. They're all snatched. They're all snatched. Yeah, the trolls want to eat them. Yeah. And they're... They're a bit cleverer than than you would think that they are, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, the troll... The... I keep calling the dwarves trolls now. The dwarves get snatched. But in them grabbing the dwarves, they kind of forget about Bilbo. So yeah. he's just kind of hanging to the side, like, yeah. trying to figure out what to do. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, after, you know, a, a, a bit of uh, fuss... Gandalf thankfully shows back up. He does. Saves the day with some trickery and yeah. all is saved. Yeah, he does some trickery, confuses the trolls. And the thing about these trolls is they're mountain trolls and sunlight makes them turn to stone. Yep. So it's very close to dawn, apparently. None of them had watches or were paying a lick of attention. Nope. And Gandalf distracts them, confuses them. And they end up being stricken by the sun, turned to stone. And they're there still to this day. There they are. The only company is birds that land on them. 
It's just the birds. <laughs> and at first the dwarves are kind of like, we, oh, you know, if you wouldn't have tried to burgle it, then we wouldn't be in this situation. But even Gandalf is sort of like, yeah, but it probably wouldn't have worked out as well as it has. Because now we have their food, we have their fire, we can Weapons. go pillage their stuff, yeah, their they, stores. Of, they have like a Walmart up in that cave. Yeah, they have so much stuff. There's clothes. Gold. All kinds of stuff. They so find, it worked out. Yeah, and they find like some really valuable, well-known, elvish-made swords. Heck yeah! They find Glamdring, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. That's the sword that Gandalf uses. I mm-hmm. think he actually uses that sword in Lord of the Rings. He keeps nice. it. And then Thorin's, Thorin's is Orcris. Orcris, yeah. Or Goblin Cleaver. Yeah, there's one that's Goblin Cleaver and. And biter, or at least that's what the goblins call it. They goblins call, it call one of them biter, and and one of them something I think else. Glamdring is called the foe maker, mm. and they call that one. It's a b word as well, mm-hmm. and I can't remember it. It's not beater, is it? Is it beater? Maybe it might be beater. And I biter. don't know. Beater and biter, but it's, yeah, it's a b word, like yeah, that, but yeah. And then um, to. To most people, it would just be like a little knife. But to a hobbit, it's an, you know. It's a, a sword. Bilbo finds a nice little sword. Yeah. And in, in, in the stuff. So did it work out perfectly in the beginning? No. But it turned out well for all in the end. Yeah. They got listen. food, fire, a ale. little nap, some ale. Yeah. And they got a little treasure out of it. They buried it to come back later for if exactly. they so can. Yeah, and guess what? They didn't get eaten. At the end of the day, yeah. they didn't get eaten. No one got hurt. No one got killed. That's right. All is well. All And is now well. we have stuff. Now they have stuff. <laughs> so they, they, from here, really, the next big thing is they end up being in Rivendell. Yes. So the real purpose of them going to Rivendell is the map. Yeah, they need Elrond's help to yes, read translate. the map and, and kind of decipher some details that even Gandalf isn't fully knowledgeable about. Yes. So. And fun fact, maps is also, Bilbo loves maps. Yeah, Bilbo loves maps. So he's super interested as well. He's also really interested to get to Rivendell. Mm-hmm. So. Um, to see the elves. To see the elves. And the elves in the book are much more fun loving and merry yeah they like sing songs that sort of like taunt and tease but (laughs) like in a playful way not in like a mean way but it it cracks me up it was really funny they're yeah they're much more like playful in the hobbit (laughs) (laughs) and you just cannot picture like the movie elves doing that it is it is just not in character sorry for the wheeze (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just I just thought of Elrond and Legolas sitting in a tree waving back and forth yeah. the, singing tra la la lolly and I about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is definitely Oh my gosh. They're definitely a different vibe in the book mm-hmm. than the movies. But yeah, so Rivendell is basically the elvish stronghold and Elrond is the great elf lord who they're there to seek advice from on yep. this map. And he um, takes a look, and he sees the secret moon letters. And mm. um, it's pretty fortuitous that they arrive when they did, because yes. you can only read moon letters under the same 
phase of the moon mm-hmm. and like around the same like time of year mm-hmm. or like I don't know that it, I don't know that it's specific to like down to the day, but it has to be the same phase and like mm-hmm. phase of the moon and time of when it was written. So yes. they are very lucky that yes that they were able to read this at this time. It is fate, if you will. Yes. But uh, so they learn of the kind of side secret passage. Mm-hmm. And it's actually like they can get access to it on Thorin's Day, which is coming up, I think, only in a couple months. Yeah, it's or like something. the last of the, the end. Yes. Or something. Yes. So not soon, soon, but pretty soon like they need it they need to get they need to get, get rolling on, on this yeah yeah but they need to at least get there by that day so they can they can see that yeah um entrance or be able to get into that side entrance yeah and then um Eldrond also reads the runes on orcris and glamdring and that's when we kind of learn a little bit more about them um but they spend a short time there and then they are well rested and enjoying but they they have to resume their journey to the misty mountains yeah they actually were in Rivendell for 14 days. Which to me, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, you guys got to get moving. Yeah. But we're going to hang out for two more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just, they did not want to leave. No. I mean, Bilbo talks about how yeah. comfy it is. It's comfortable there. They food. have food. Songs. Hon- honestly, like... They get a lot of help without really ask of anything in return. Like, I don't think Elrond really asks for anything. It's just sort of like he gives them aid because he knows Gandalf and... That's it. Yeah. It's like that in Lord of the Rings, too. They're just... I don't know if people are just well off and they're, you know, like, hey, I have it. You need it. Mm -hmm. We're good. Yeah. And I, I... I, just thought just, it was, I thought it was nice just the <laughs> of <elves>. him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The other elves are not as nice. No. <laughs> not quite. Not quite as nice. <laughs> okay. So after their 14-day stay in Rivendell, the company, minus Gandalf again, who has yet again mm-hmm. flew the coop. I think he is with them when they... When they're here, he hasn't flown the coop yet because he's in the cave when they get grabbed, right? No. Well, because he, because Bilbo he's, wakes him up and yeah. he does the flash of light. So yes. he's with them. He's with them in the cave, but I mm. don't think he's with them when they leave Rivendell. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's with them because... Because I don't think he leaves them again until he gets them to... Bjorn, and then he leaves for a bit and then comes back. But I think when he, they leave them, I think that's when he kind of tells them, like, I'm not going to be with you a ton longer. Yeah. Because <laughs> when they're alone is when they're... Um, In Mirkwood. Yes. Yes. But at this point, I believe he's with them. Yeah, you're right. They find the cave. I I feel like I, I'm not trying to be that jerk that's like, actually... <laughs> <laughs> But I believe he stays with them because he sleeps with them in that cave and, and luckily Bilbo wakes him up and that's how he does the flash of light and he's able to save them. Yeah, because whenever they're, okay, so they're, they go, they're trying, they have to traverse the Misty Mountains and get mm-hmm. across them. Mm-hmm. So there's a thunderstorm, they're on the edge of the mountain, mm-hmm. exposed to the elements. Mm-hmm. And then they, there are the stone giants mm-hmm. doing their thing. Playing in the playing rain. Playing in the rain. 
<laughs> in the movie, it makes it look so much more combative, like they're fighting. But yeah, in the it book, does. They're like playing games, yeah. throwing things at, yeah. to each other. Yeah. So the stone giants are throwing boulders around, mm-hmm. and the crew is like, uh. Yeah. And it's, again, wet and miserable. Wet and miserable. <laughs> So, Killy and Philly find this cave. Yeah. And and they say they find this cave in record time, so they're a little skeptical. Like, are you yeah. sure that you found a safe cave that quickly? Yeah. Turns out, no. But they thought but yes. But they thought yes. Because it's not deep. Yeah. Which is the danger of a cave. And you they don't still know. have all their ponies with them, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, because they, they left, yeah, they left, uh. Rivendell with all their, all their ponies beer. and the replenished stock yeah. of goods. They are, they're fully laden with mm-hmm. food and supply. Mm-hmm. So they find this cave. They go in. Everybody is like, all right, this seems legit. They all we'll lay down to rest and get dry. Mm-hmm. But Bilbo does not sleep. Mm-mm. He, like, can't sleep. Something he has is bad, na- weird dreams. Yeah. Something's nagging at him. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that... They're in the goblins' lair. Yeah. And their little sneaky capture cave. (laughs) Yeah. There's, like, hidden, like, a hidden whatever. There's, like, a crack, almost. Yeah, there's, like, a hidden door, and, like, as soon as Bilbo's woken from his, which, in his dream, he's dreaming of a crack. Yeah, he is. In the wall. Mm -hmm. So he clearly is, like, half asleep, half awake Mm -hmm. watching this happen, but he fully wakes up. Sees the ponies disappearing into the crack. Yes. And then that's when all the dwarves get grabbed. Him and the dwarves get grabbed. But he yells, and mm-hmm. luckily that alerts Gandalf. Yes. And But unfortunately, they're all grabbed and whisked away. What they don't realize is that Gandalf does wake up in time. He flashes light, kills some goblins, mm-hmm. and is in chase after them. <laughs> yeah. So we have the dwarves and... Bilbo, they're mm-hmm. taken to the the big goblin. Yeah, the is main. The gob is is he the goblin king or the great goblin? I think he's the great yes. goblin in the books. Yeah. Um. So they take him, take the crew, to the great goblin, and the great goblin is he wants he he's basically gonna like imprison them, I guess. Yeah. I don't know that it does it say what he wants to do to them. I don't think they want to eat them. I think I thought that they did. Did they want to eat them? I thought so. They really encounter a lot. I thought they wanted to like kind of torture them, but torture, yes. But I feel like also inevitably they wanted to eat them. Maybe not, but mm. I feel like why why waste good meat? I mean, they encounter <laughs> so many uh creatures that would want to eat them. Yeah. The trolls, they, they do not goblins, discriminate. They're like, it moves and it's got meats on it, so I eats it. I eats it. <laughs> if it's meats, I eats it. Uh, <laughs> but luckily, they don't get... They don't They don't get to. Because Gandalf comes with his goblin-killing sword, and yeah. I just, like, right away, does he just, like, lop off the great goblin's head? He, I think he, he kills him. I don't, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then all the goblins are in pursuit of them and they're running kind of blindly through yeah. the caves. And Gandalf is like, has like barely lighting their path. Right. And of course the dwarves being the way that they are throughout this entire story, they're like kind of, why do I have to help carry the hobbit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, he's small Listen. and he's serving a purpose. You're going to have to help him out. Help 
the poor guy out. Right. So one of them is kind of carrying him begrudgingly, but then they kind of trip and get attacked and... Yeah, it's uh, Bomber, I believe. Yeah. He's carrying Bilbo when he falls, and Bilbo hits his head. Yeah, and so he falls down, 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 and is completely separated from the team. And yeah. we don't know what happens to them at this point. Right. We just wake up with Bilbo down in the depths, in the depths. of the, the goblin cave. Yeah. And, and that's when we meet Gollum. Yeah, Bilbo's, like, feeling around. He can't see. He said, it specifically says that he opens his eyes, but he's not sure if he did because it's so dark. Yeah. That is... That's it, terrifying. His writing is so good because I can perfectly either feel or picture exactly what he is describing. Yeah. And how terrifying that must be to open your eyes and be like, whoa. Yeah. And he doesn't... <laughs> he doesn't have to do too much exposition Mm -hmm. on things like that that it's like that one phrase to tell you how dark it is he doesn't go get over flowery or add too many extra sentences he's a really concise writer actually yeah and so it's just to describe how dark it is he doesn't say it's really dark Mm -hmm. he just says bilbo opened his eyes but he wasn't sure that he had yeah that's such Excellent writing. It is. Excellent. It's so excellent. Mm -hmm. So, Bilbo can't see. He's feeling around. And he feels the ring. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like, it's a cold metal ring. And he just puts it in his pocket. Yeah. He doesn't think about it. He's not being greedy. He's just like, oh, this could be... I don't know. It's a thing. Sure. Keep it. Boom. In the pocket. (laughs) And he also realizes when he pops it in his pocket that he still has his sword. Yes. Because he had... Put in, he had put it on inside of his trousers, so it was not seen. Obvious, yeah. The goblins didn't take it. Smart man. Smart Bilbo. And this is, you know, as he's wandering around. So he pulls out his he, sword, and the sword kind of glows enough to show him at least a little bit of what's around him. Yeah, he realizes that it glows... Uh, I don't know that it specifically says in the presence of goblins, but basically right. because the goblins are near. It's, and I, again, like how he put it. It was like they were close, but not close enough. So it was like right. it was dimly lit. It wasn't super bright. So he yeah. knew he wasn't in immediate danger. Right. right. So good. So nice. <laughs> and eventually he runs into Gollum. Mm-hmm. Sees him out on his little little island island yeah in the middle of this pool yeah yeah <laughs> i just had the the moment from two towers in. <laughs> nice and cool and juicy sweet <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny oh golem just yeah i it, it, yeah so he's probably having a similar moment just yeah. fishing for fish in his waters yeah and then he's like hey What's that over there? What is that? And Gollum has lived under the Misty Mountain for so long mm-hmm. that he can see in the darkness. Yes. Like, he's evolved yeah. to and be it, able to see. And again, he is not, you know, discriminatory. If it's meats, he eats. That's right. So when goblins wander down there by themselves, he'll grab him a goblin for a, for a gobble. Yeah. He'll eat. He'll eat some goblin. (laughs) Not afraid. Not afraid. And this is when, you know, Gollum, he wants to eat Bilbo. Mm -hmm. He's like, ooh. Hello. A new snack. And it's not goblin. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So 
This is whenever we get the riddles. Yeah. It's so, I, I don't know if there's much of a debate. He's just sort of like, hey, you look tasty. And yeah. Bilbo's like, hey, can you show me the way out? Yeah. It's like, hey, what if, uh, why don't we, why don't we play a game? And if I win, then you'll let me leave and not eat me. Yeah. How about that? How about that? <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the stakes. Yeah. If Bilbo wins, Gollum shows him how to get out. Yeah. And if Bilbo loses, Gollum eats him. Those are high stakes <laughs> for a game of riddles. Yeah. The terms here. <sighs> yeah. But the riddles are actually pretty excellent. I would have died immediately. I, I would have definitely gotten the mountain. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. That, that, the go- that Gollum asks Bilbo. They're, but they're all so good. They're just all such yeah. good riddles. Yeah. And I, I just love it. But yeah, I was like, oh, wow. I would have been so nervous. My brain would have oh, been yeah. blank. And I would have been a meal. Yeah. I think this, instantly. this would be a defining moment for most people. <laughs> Um, are you someone who can perform under pressure? Yeah. And the answer is probably no. <laughs> you being a Ravenclaw, I think you would have made it through this flying colors. I'm not you bad at riddles. I'm okay at riddles. It, it, I feel like it has to be an interest of yours and you have to yeah. really be practiced at it, which l- yes. luckily for the both of them, they were. And it, in the books, it's described as like, this is something that, all peoples of Middle Earth understand the mm-hmm. riddle game is like a sacred thing. That's true, yeah. So the way that they approach it, they're very serious about it. Yeah. It's like yeah. terms and agreed upon yeah. and we're gonna honor. Right. It's not like, you know, they're playing rock, paper, scissors <laughs> rock, paper, scissors for their life, for yeah. Bilbo's life, but Yeah. This yeah. is this it's, is serious. Yeah. It's more like chess. You it's know? more like chess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Of the mind. Of the mind. <laughs> so, you know, go go read the riddles from uh, The Hobbit. Yeah, and see they're if, great. I already gave one of them away, but see if you can figure out which one I gave away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're good. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. But uh, they're at a stalemate, and it's Bilbo's turn, and he's, like, over it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's fully over it at this point, and he s- simply asks, what have I got in my pocket? Which isn't officially a riddle, but he could not think of one. Yeah, he couldn't think of one. And in the end, uh, Gollum agrees to it. Yeah. And especially the fear in this moment, again, is just written so well because, like, Mm -hmm. Gollum, if he senses that Bilbo is not answering a riddle, he will get off his island into his boat to, like, row over to where Mm -hmm. Bilbo is. And so, like, a couple times he starts to creep to his boat and he goes back. But eventually he gets in his boat, comes over, and stays. Like, the pressure is on. He is looming. Like, Bilbo is, like, like she said, it's like he is done with this. (laughs) And, yeah, riddle, what's in my pocket? And Gollum even says that's not a riddle. Mm Mm-hmm. But he eventually, Bilbo gives him three guesses. Yeah. I mean, Gollum says, he's like, you have to at least give me three guesses. Mm-hmm. It's like, boy, you should have asked for five. Yeah. <laughs> but. But, yeah. Um, obviously, he does not guess no. the riddle. No. And so, verbally, he says, okay, you win. I'm going to take you out. So, I think it's at this point, he's decided he's going to eat Bilbo anyway. Yeah. And Bilbo can tell. Bil- Bilbo knows. Yeah. yeah. What Bilbo doesn't know is that the ring is Gollum's, mm-hmm. and Gollum is le- he. Gollum knows that if he puts it on, he becomes invisible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I'll show you the way out. Just let me go get something real quick." Yeah, 
And he's thinking he's going to go get his ring. Mm -hmm. He's going to become invisible and he's going to snatch Bilbo and Mm -hmm. eat him. Mm -hmm. But he can't find his ring. And then it's like, so what do you have in your pocket? And then I think Bilbo puts it on by accident, just reaching into his pocket, right? Yes. And then realizes by context clues of Gollum, like, looking past him that... Right. Oh, I'm invisible. Exactly. What they... In the film, they did the Frodo version. Yeah. Where Bilbo falls and his hand is up and the ring slides on his finger. Which is a great visual, but... It is a really nice visual, but it's almost... It doesn't have the same effect. like The, the second time you when see you, it. <laughs> yeah, when you see it in Lord of the Rings, and it's like that slow motion falling onto Frodo's hand. Yeah. It has a little more impact than yeah. in The Hobbit. I agree. But yeah, so he realizes he's invisible, and then Gollum can't see him. Mm-hmm. So then he thinks that Bilbo must have made a run for it. Yeah. So Gollum's sort of following the path to the way out, and Bilbo smartly is following, following. silently behind him. Yep. Yep. Until he gets to, I guess, a make or break it moment, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, and he kind of has the opportunity to kill Gollum, mm-hmm. but he takes pity on him. He, he real, you know, he sees how distraught he is without the ring and just mm-hmm. kind of, he takes pity on this creature, even as cruel as he is. Yeah. Um, which is, again, very telling of Bilbo's character. It is. But he hops over his head and gets away. Yep. At least for a bit. And then he kind of runs into some goblins in a doorway. But luckily, he's able to sneak through. He loses several buttons yep. in in the uh, in the exit of uh, the cave. But long story short, he, he gets out. He gets out. And he finds the crew, basically, yeah. just outside of the cave opening. Yeah, he, I think he, like, wanders for a bit, and he's actually debates, like, should I go back in? Like, are they Mm -hmm. in there? Mm -hmm. And I think he kind of, not wrestles with himself, like, no, I don't want to. It's like, "Uh, is that where they are? Is that what I should do? And he resolves, like, I gotta go back. Yeah. And then he hears them, Mm -hmm. thankfully. You know, they're right there. And, but. They're talking shit. They're talking (laughs) mad smack. (laughs) And they're even, Gandalf is like, "Um, I really wish you wouldn't have lost it. Yeah. <laughs> Just the way he says those things makes me laugh. He's like, I liked him quite a bit, and I really wish you wouldn't have <laughs> lost him. But, you know, they're like, oh, I can't be expected to keep an eye on him. And they were, I don't even, they weren't going to go back for him. No, they were not. They were debating it. And, and Bilbo doesn't even like, hey, jerks. He's just like, here I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but during their little bickering, I was like, you he was going to, he, by himself. By himself. Was going to turn around and go back for you guys. He was. And you all, crew of Thirst, a dozen, over thir- a dozen eggs. Yeah. A baker's dozen. Dwarves and a wizard. And you weren't going to, you were arguing over going back to look to see. I understand you don't want to risk the whole crew for one person, but at the same time. Yeah. You don't know that he's dead or right. not. And it's your fault. That you uh, lost you him. You dropped him. Yeah. Because you weren't. You were begrudgingly carrying him to begin mm-hmm. with. You weren't, mm-hmm. like, trying to carry him with the idea of let's keep him safe. Yeah. They exactly. treat him like a burden and also a tool that's not working right, even though he constantly comes through for them. And, yeah, and he reminds them his one job is has not come up yet. Yeah. Even yeah, though job. they've been like, okay, yeah, uh, you go do that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you go do that. What if you lazy lot done? 
Yeah. Not much but complain and be turds. And if they don't send Bilbo, they send Killy and Philly. Yeah. Come on. Um, uh, clearly, I'm a little fired up by that, but... Um, one. <laughs> so, okay, so at this point, they're they're outside, mm-hmm. and this is when the wargs come up. Yes. So the wargs are like wolves? That's that's kind of how, yeah. How they're, they're like described? Bi- kinda, are they kind of uh, like big, oversized wolves? I think so. I think so. Kind of gnarly wolves? Yeah. What's interesting about the wargs is that... George R. R. Martin uses wargs in Game of Thrones. Oh, when he calls them wargs? He calls them wargs. But nice. it's it's more of like, um, it's not a creature that is a warg. Mm-hmm. It's like a power. Oh. So like the Stark kids, mm-hmm. the main like family, um, at the very beginning they find the dire wolves, mm-hmm. which is the sigil of House Stark. That's their sign. Is the dire wolves? Those are like the big, pretty, the big, traditional looking wolves. wolves that are just oversized. Yes, the dire wolves were actually real. Oh yeah. So they're they were actually real. They're like because a wolf itself is probably on us. Well, on me, like waist height, like huge. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Shorter than Maddie. <laughs> um, so I'm 5'8 for context. So it probably hits me at like my waist, mm. a regular wolf. Their head. Their head. Yeah. So a dire wolf is probably shoulder height, to yeah. be honest. Like they're very large. The real dire wolf. Real dire wolf. So now, J.R.R. Martin dire wolves, are they, like, taller than your head, or are they pretty, no. like, shoulder Yeah, high? they're okay. supposed to be, yeah, like that. So, in the story, the Stark children each get a wolf, and throughout the story, there's magic that comes up. This is not depicted in the show, by the way. This is book canon only, so it's discovered that the Stark kids have the ability to warg or put their consciousness into the body of their wolves. Ooh. So they call it warging. So it's like a mm, verb. That's cool. Instead of like these wargs that's are just... That's a cool just, homage, I bet. Yeah. So it's instead of just having wargs, it's something that they can do. Mm. So they warg into yeah. the wolves. Interesting. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. But these wargs are creatures. Evil. Yeah. And they're... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're pursuing them at this point. Yeah, well, and I think it said, like, they were there, like, waiting to have a meeting with the goblins because they were going to go round up some of the people that had moved kind of into those areas, Mm -hmm. like we kind of briefly mentioned before. They wanted to, like, you know, basically terrorize and grab and eat these people. So they were going to have a meeting about it first. Yeah. So they were already waiting for the goblins, and then they were like, hey, what what are these yeah. They think them spies. Either mm-hmm. way, they're like, I don't know what this is, but uh, they come after them. Yeah. And they all have to climb up in trees. And yeah. again, no one wants to help poor Bilbo, poor Bilbo climb up in the tree. He's three foot tall. And yes, one of the dwarves almost does die in jumping down and like helping Bilbo up. But it may be if you hadn't whined for 10 minutes first. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have. have had a narrow escape. Which dwarf was that? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I marked it because I kind of, at first, I got, I was just so mad at the times that they were such jerks that I was like, you know what? I'm making note of this. Yeah. 
I mean, oh, I, yeah. It, it might have been Dory or I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, there was just like, I can't be carrying burglars on my back and helping them all the time. Come on, bud. I will roll my eyes at you so hard. It's not even funny. Come on, bud. <laughs> I can't remember. I yeah. marked it, but it's, it's not, not worth it's yeah, not that deep. I should have probably put like notes on my tags, but it's all good. Bottom line, <laughs> they yeah. get up into the trees and out of the wargs reach. Uh, reach. Yeah. But. And Gandalf kind of like summons the eagles. So he and I only have such good recollection because I like read this yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> to make like notes and marks and stuff. So he, I, and I don't remember specifically, but I think at this point the goblins kind of start to show up mm-hmm. and then they're like in real trouble. Yeah. So then Gandalf starts making his like multicolored fire blasts at the wolves. It mm-hmm. like engulfs their, their fur and they're on fire and they're setting everything on fire and setting the, the forest on fire. And then we kind of get like this little narrative, like separate spot where it's like up in the mountains, the eagles, you know, are... They can see down and they kind of mm-hmm. see this situation happening. And I think they can, they recognize Gandalf is down there, but also they just have like a great dislike of goblins. Goblins. So that's when I think the the eagle leader decides that they're going to go help. Yeah. And that's when they come save the day. I mean, Gandalf's doing a decent enough job, but... yeah. He's setting them on fire, and eventually they're like, ah, okay, well, I'm just going to lean my on-fire body against these trees. trees. (laughs) Right. And more goblins are showing up, and uh, they're woefully outnumbered. So outnumbered. (laughs) But thankfully, the the eagles do come and rescue them, and... uh, I just have to say this right now. Everyone's always like, why don't the eagles just take them all the way? Why don't the eagles take Frodo to the mountain? You wouldn't have a story. Right. First of all, you wouldn't have a story. Especially in Lord of the Rings, like, they had to do it incognito. But even in this, they are their own race of people. They aren't just like... Do you think if they just handed rides out to everybody, they would have a moment's peace? No. 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 They help them out of the good of their hearts. Mm -hmm. They get them to a safe spot. But yeah, then they go on about their own lives. They don't have Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, they're doing to be running these dwarves. And yeah. yeah, and again, you wouldn't have a story. But I, so I don't want to hear the argument of why didn't the Eagles just take them the rest of the way? Because they got other things to do. Right. Got their own lives to live. Okay? Yes, exactly. We're thankful and glad that they came yes. when they came. <laughs> yes. And come on, this is, this is a story. This is an adventure. Yeah. And, you know, some things do have to happen to further the plot. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to. You don't want people to be completely stupid and tons of tomfoolery because then it just feels like cheap and annoying. But sometimes just things have to unfold in unfortunate ways for the story to be interesting and unfold. You have to unfold your story in some way. Yeah. So leave the eagles alone. (laughs) They're not pack mules. Absolutely not. So they're quite proud beings. And I... I don't think it says that they're unkind, but they're not, they're not like overly generous creatures either. Right. Most of them are not like, let me go help out the humans. This right. particular one group, I just think that that king is a bit kinder, but also like knows Gandalf. Yeah. 
Right. Otherwise, kinda and like, they hate goblins. Yeah, kind of like the elves, right? Mm-hmm. The elves are generous to people who come see them, but they're not out actively, like, recruiting people to come to Rivendell. Right. They're not like, come take all of our, st- yeah. our goods and, and, and stuff. And they're good with Thorn and company being yeah. in Rivendell because they're with Gandalf. Yeah. Have you? Do you notice how many different races are, like, mm, not super fond of dwarves? Yeah. And with all the gripes I've made, I can kind of see, like... Dwarves are a little rude, so I can see where yeah, they're a tiresome <laughs> where bunch. Where that kind of comes from, I guess. Yes, they're a in difficult this. and tiresome bunch. But then, yeah, after after you know the what is it? It's like out of the frying pan into the fire. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> they get a little bit of respite, and that's when Gandalf's like, "Hey, I know a guy. Mm-hmm. I'll take you to." Bjorn, Bjorn. Mm-hmm. and they stay with Bjorn for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Bjorn's not, he's, he seems very stoic, but he loves a good story. Mm-hmm. He's got, you know, he's got some depth to him. He just doesn't yeah. show it a lot, but he's a, a big burly man. But And he turns into a bear. Yeah. A big yeah. old bear. I think, bear. can he turn into a couple other things or just like maybe one other thing or just like variations of the bear it's not just like he turns into a regular bear like he can like i think in the battle he kind of because his rage is so big he kind of gets bigger or whatever but yeah but yeah and and i like that i i i note noted that like gandalf said he's like he's not on any other enchantment but his own so it's not like he's cursed or anything Mm -hmm. this is he doesn't really say how he became this way but it's just sort of like hey he's not under any body's spell he's not vexed he is just this is something he can do yeah that's period end of story kind of like tom bombadil from fellowship of the ring yeah he's not cursed or enchanted he just exists Mm -hmm. and always has yeah that's kind of the explanation you get yeah yeah interesting yeah but then after being with bjorn that's when gandalf's like okay guys bye (laughs) yeah on your own for a while i may see you i may I may pop in. Is that when he says, I may pop in on you from time to time to see how you're doing? Yeah. (laughs) And he leaves them in Mirkwood, which is like historically not great. Not the best. Yeah. Not safe. Not super safe. Hey, see that dangerous alleyway over there? Mm hmm. That's where I'm leaving you. (laughs) You're on your own, so figure it out. (laughs) Figure it out. If you know what show that's from, ten points. You get you get ten points. Do with that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we're in Mirkwood. They do not have a good time in Mirkwood. Mm-mm. So there's a lot of rain. They run out of food. They like don't have food for several days yeah. in a row. And part of it isn't it because they're not supposed to stray from the path. Right. And what do these suckers do? They stray from the path. (laughs) And it's like, I think at one point they get into a part where they're all really tired. Mm -hmm. So there's something about the forest that makes them... Oh, it's the river. There's like a river that Mm -hmm. Bjorn tells them not to drink from or bathe in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they get all kinds of warnings that they just... They get so many warnings. (laughs) And they just... uh, Bomber falls into it. And he is instantly (laughs) like asleep. Yeah. 
and they have to get him out so then the water gets on them and I think at some point they're all kind of like asleep there's this whole section of the book there there's just so much because there's the being attacked by spiders but Mm -hmm. then there's also a good chunk where they're just like tired and wet and I think this is probably after the spiders and we can get more on them but yeah then they're like chasing around firelight throughout the forest and whoever like goes into the camp where the fire is first of all the fire goes out and all the people that they think they saw in there just disappear but then the person who like jumped in to like try and talk to whoever it is falls immediately asleep and has like dreams of of food and feast and you know was very depressed when they wake up yes So that's, yeah, Mirkwood is like a fever dream, essentially. Yeah. And uh, I think this is like the first instance of Bilbo really being the one. Oh, yeah. So, like, he gets separated from the dwarves. Again. Again. (laughs) And he encounters one giant spider and kills it. Mm -hmm. And he names his sword Sting. Heck yeah, he does. So... He feels very proud of himself. He's like, I just took that thing down. Yeah. I can do this. Hell yeah. <laughs> so then he he's trying to find the crew. Mm-hmm. And he finds like the lair of all the spiders. And they have all the dwarves wrapped up in their spider silk hanging from like a tree branch. <laughs> so... Bilbo has to figure out with his little nimble light footedness mm-hmm. how to like get the spiders away from the crew so he can cut them down mm-hmm. and save them. Mm-hmm. And he does. I think he kills another spider too. Or yeah, a couple. I think, he, I think he, yeah, I think he kills a couple. So he rescues them from the giant spiders. Now yeah. I would, I would have died. For sure. Mm-hmm. I would have died of a heart attack before it could kill me. <laughs> I would like to think I would have the courage of Sam, you know, especially if I was defending my friends. Oh, with Sheila? Yes. I feel, I, I would, I would wish that I could be that, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that part is so sad. He's just, he's convinced that Frodo's dead. I know. It's heartbreaking, but he still defends him with everything he does. He's got. He does. He takes it there. Um, but yeah, and Bilbo doesn't. Bilbo doesn't have fight training. No, comfy Hobbiton. Are you crazy? Bilbo can make a mean set of eggs, but he cannot. Oh, I fight. want. I want him to make me breakfast for sure. For <laughs> sure. So, but he yeah he he rescues them, but then that's when they're tired and hungry and foodless and wandering, and then firing the fi- finding the fires and yeah. And they they eventually get taken by the elves. Yeah. These are, like, wood elves. And there's, like, an elf king. Yeah. And eventually the elves take them. Yeah. They've already taken Thorin, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, they take... take Thorin first? I know that Thorin... I think he's first? I don't mm-hmm. remember. But, I, I, but they, they capture them and they kind of keep them all separate, right? Yeah, and then they imprison them all yeah. in separate, like, dungeons. Yeah, in but they feed them. They feed them. And shelter them. They do. So, I mean, they're not cruel to them. But they just put them in prison. Yeah, but he's like, hey, you kept trying to attack my people. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? We were I, just trying to get some food. Right. I, I, I was tired and hungry and I tried to ask you for help, but 
you guys did it disappear. What do you mean we were trying to attack you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? But they also won't tell the Elf King who they are. Yeah. They that's like true. keeping their identity from him. And Bilbo's yeah. not not captured. Bilbo is at large. Again. Again. <laughs> so he's just saved them from the spiders and now he has to re-save them from mm. the elves. And again, I think they're in prison for a bit. They're there for a bit. Because Bilbo has to, like, follow the other elves and kind of figure out how to get them out. Right. And it, this is a, a thing that he ha- the, he alone has to figure out. Yeah. And he's kind of stealing food, I think, to keep himself alive. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he's wearing the ring for a good long while, yeah. I think, cause he, to stay hidden. Exactly. But he is working hard he is to working get them hard. free. Yeah. So he's dropping some eaves <laughs> on the elves. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't been dropping no eaves, sir. Honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. Cute. That's such a wholesome Samwise Gamgee thing to say. I just, he's just. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> so he figures out that they're having a shipment of goods. They like they dispose of certain things through this like waterway yeah. thing, and so he thinks, oh. I can hide them in those empty barrels. Yes. I don't know, because, I mean, obviously, they're like, these don't feel empty. It's like, hey, those are marked for disposal. Do you want to yeah. argue with the guy in charge? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So. And I think the elves are a little drunk yeah. also. The elves are pretty drunk as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> and they're like, they're having, there's a feast going on. So the elves who are supposed to be down there by the little waterway aren't really down to be there right they're looking for any excuse to like yes. they're like hey we got stuck doing this working yeah while everyone else is partying this is baloney yeah exactly so bilbo is he's burgling the hell out of this castle yeah and he is able to get all the dwarves down there and stuffed in these barrels yeah it's a little bit difficult with bomber because he's he's large we, we talk about how, <laughs> how large Bopper is a few times. Yeah, but it says, like, his barrel almost didn't float because he's so large. Right. <laughs> Poor Bomber. I mean, but he has a he has a little cranky attitude, and he's, he's kind cranky. of a butt, so I don't feel too especially, bad for him. Especially when they're in the forest and they don't have any food. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's especially whiny yeah. about it, which I would, too. I, I mean, would complain. I but, Listen, I haven't eaten since breakfast, and I it's we need to eat I was going to say, oh, yeah, we need to definitely get some so lunch I'm, slash dinner later. going on. <laughs> yeah, we're, I feel them for sure, mm-hmm. but... Come on. So, here we are. We're yes. floating in barrels down the river. Mm-hmm. And Bilbo isn't necessarily... Bilbo's not in a barrel. He's just in the lake, isn't he? Like, holding on to the barrel? I can't remember. I thought yeah. they all I thought they all got into barrels, but maybe... There was nobody to put Bilbo in a barrel and yeah. then seal it. And that's not a part I recollect. But either way, yeah. they all escape. They whether, all escape. Whether he's in barrel or not in barrel... They're all escaping. Yes. And they get to Lake Town. That is a human settlement near the Lonely Mountain. Mm-hmm. And they get they get out of their barrels. I don't know. Yeah. They and just... they kind of talk to the townsfolk for a little bit. You know, I don't think that they're hiding from them. Right. You know, they talk to the people and they're just like, hey, we want to go 
get our wealth. And I, isn't the leader just sort of like, ah, okay, yeah, yeah. go get your wealth and then uh, maybe they'll give us some. Yeah, because I think... <laughs> or at least it'll make it more of a prosperous town again, you know, yeah. something. Because I think they tell Thorin that Smaug had stolen some of their mm-hmm. treasure as well. So mm-hmm. they have a, a part of the treasure is theirs mm-hmm. and not all of it is Thorin's. Mm-hmm. So, but again, for some reason, that part just didn't like really stick in my brain. I was same. just like, yeah, they hung with the they were there. the people there. They kind of passed through. I think they maybe gave them a little bit of hospitality, but yeah, then it was sort so. of like, okay, then yeah. they're on their way on their way again to the mountain. Yeah, because they're at this point, they are there at the mountain. Yeah. So because it is like at the base yeah. of the mountain, yeah. and that I mean, and they were devastated greatly when Smaug came. Right. You know he, exactly. Destroyed it. Yeah. Pretty much. But that's when we meet... Bard. Bard. The Bowman. The Bowman. So they arrive at the mountain, and apparently they they arrive precisely when they're supposed to because they find Mm -hmm. the door. They might be there again for like a bit. Yeah. But basically, yeah, they find the door that they need to go into. And so Bilbo sneaks into the mountain through the door. Mm Mm-hmm. He's, he's doing, this is the task he mm-hmm. was recruited for. Yes. And he is finally doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Even he, though he's already been doing the most out here. He has been doing the most. And he talks to Smaug. Mm-hmm. He's talking to Smaug and Smaug actually reveals to him the secret of killing him. Did, did Smaug reveal it or did he just notice it? And there was like, there, I know that like... Uh, then there was like a thrush who also saw it or yes. noticed it or something, mm-hmm. and that helps later. But yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember if Smaug. I think he just like, like, um, he was kind of talking him. about. I was gonna say he was kind of talking about his armor, how how impenetrable his armor is and or then, whatever. Yeah. And then yeah, and then Bilbo, Bilbo sees yes, the one spot. Yes. Yeah, it's sort of like if you weren't bragging so much about how yeah. tough you are. Drawing attention to your strength and yeah. in the same breath, drawing attention to your weakness. Yeah. Come on, Smaug. Yeah. Get it together. So at this point... I know he steals a cup at one point. Yeah, he and steals I, I think, a golden cup. Does he just do that to prove to the dwarves, like, hey, I went down there, I saw it, I talked to him, like... Yeah, and it also, I don't know if it's um, to draw him out maybe mm. because he takes it and he's starts to run with pissed. it and Smaug is really mad mm-hmm. and starts to like f- chase him essentially mm-hmm. and flies out of the mountain and he's like trying to destroy every possible exit yeah. of the yes and that part was especially kind of scary when they're like huddling in their cave and like Smaug is just out there like blasting blasting and and Bilbo's like, please, you got to shut the door. You got to shut the door. He's mm-hmm. going to get us. And they yeah. were all like, oh, I don't want to shut the door. What if we can't get it open? And just in time, they finally listened to him. They shut the door and boom, Smaug blows mm-hmm. that side of the mountain. They would have been dead. Again, yeah. not trusting Bilbo. Yeah. Almost got them killed. Yes. But just the the writing in that moment, like I just, you feel the fear. Yeah. You know? It's, it's true fear. Yeah. So in his... Fury, mm-hmm. Smaug is flying, and there's Lake Town. Mm-hmm. And this is when Bard the Bowman shoots the black arrow in mm-hmm. Smaug's weak spot yes. and kills him. But before Smaug dies, he actually 
burns Lake Town. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I, I, is he just mad because he can't find the dwarves and I he's just so. fed up? He's yeah. like, you're trying to steal from me. I'm going to get you. Yeah. Maybe if you realize that uh, I'm going to, I think he was thinking, he was like, they had to have helped them get here. They're all culpable you know yeah. and that's when he goes to but luckily there was that little thrush bird that was mm-hmm. in there with bilbo like, yeah and he tells bard about the the spot the spot yeah and then bard sees it takes care of business he does he does it's pretty quick it's, actually it, it, yeah it's not this, a long drawn out it's, it's sort not. of like hey he's killing our people we gotta do something yeah there's the weak spot boom, boom. got the shot there he did. He's dead. And that's the end of Smaug. So, this is not the end of the story, though. I was going to say, but not the end of the story. End of Smaug, but not end the of end of the story. <laughs> yes. So, Lake Town has been burned. And at this point, we are now having a convergence of creatures yeah. well, to the Lonely Mountain. And before Smaug was killed, he had been out flying around yeah. for a while, like, yeah. blasting the outside of the, yeah. the, the mountain before he attacked lake town but in that time that he was gone they kind of they being the dwarves and bilbo went down to where the gold is Mm -hmm. just kind of see what what their plunder would be if they could get it assess the situation and they're in there for i think a few days so Mm -hmm. smaug's just out there i guess exhausting himself i don't know why he was gone so long but That's when they see all the treasure and they're just spending days with it and getting more like mm-hmm. mesmerized by it and greedy. And, yeah. and that's when Bilbo finds the Arkenstone, but he doesn't say anything. Right. He hides it. He knows. He, I think he knows how precious it is, but he also, I don't know. He's just not ready to share it yet. I don't think he had any intentions of keeping it for himself. Mm-hmm. I just think he i to me it just was an instinct or a feeling mm-hmm. you know and he gets some armor you know they find armor and stuff like you know but they're just hanging out in there and then i don't remember how they figure out how to escape but they do escape mm-hmm. and maybe that's also what kind of triggers smaug to be like fine i'm killing lake town so mm-hmm. they're they're out of the mountain and don't even know that smaug they don't watch smaug get killed yeah they're just off Bard kills Smaug, and then that's when the people are like, oh, well, I bet the dwarves got killed in all this mayhem. Yeah. I mean, he burned our town to the ground. Surely he killed the Them. the group that was in the mountain with him. So yeah. they must be dead. There's tons of gold in there, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not and necessarily, I don't think that, I mean, yes, it's greedy, but also... It's a mountain full of gold and their their town was just destroyed. Like that would help them. They need it. Rebuild. They They need need it. it. They need it. So you've got the humans from Mm -hmm. Lake Town. They're like, we got to get, we got to get our coin. Yeah. And then the elves from Mirkwood Mm -hmm. are also marching to seek their share of the treasure. I feel like Bard calls them because they're friends or something. So he's like, hey, can you come, you want to come help us out? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, also, too, I think everyone's just like, hey, this could be a fight. This is unclaimed treasure right this now. This is fully unclaimed. But while everyone else is amassing, a raven tells the dwarves, like, hey, Smaug's dead. Mm-hmm. 
but I think you better get back to your treasure. Like, yeah. Lickety split. Yeah. Because, like, the, I think Thorin is thinking, this is mine mm-hmm. by rights. Yes. I This is what I have inherited. This is through the toil mm-hmm. of my ancestors. So yeah. this is mine. The, unarguably. My, my people were killed. We yeah. were kicked we, out of our home. Exactly. We've been wandering because of this injustice you know for decades and decades yeah yeah. so to him it all belongs to them right yes and the other people don't see it that way though Mm -mm. lake town is like hey i i get a chunk of that they're they're nice about it they're nice you know they're like hey um i feel like because of your excursion my town and some people got burned to the ground yeah I think it's only fair that you at least give us back what Smaug stole from us or give us, you know, a chunk. And Thorne's like, nah. <laughs> nah, that's mine. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Not mm-hmm. going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the humans, with the help of the elves, basically, like, storm the mountain. Yeah, well, and Bilbo sees the, mm-hmm. the war brewing and mm-hmm. he's like, no, I don't want this. Yeah. So he decides, and he knows it's a great betrayal. Yes. But he feels this is the best way to kind of make peace, get everybody what they deserve. Yeah. And avoid bloodshed. Right. Avoid bloodshed. I think that's his biggest thing. So he Mm -hmm. sneaks out, and he decides to give Bard the Arkenstone to trade for what they are owed. Because Thorin makes the comment that the Arkenstone is worth a river full of treasure. Mm-hmm. And he wants it just like, it, it's a symbol of his... Lineage. His lineage, yeah. his birthright. It's a press, so incredibly precious. Yeah. Like, he has been searching for this sucker. Mm-hmm. And Bobo has not given it up. Yeah. And yet. now he's given it to Bard. Yeah. So when they storm and they're like, look, are you going to do what's right? And he's like, ha, nope. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he kind of like, if you're threatening me to ask for stuff, like, I'm definitely not going to do it now. It's like, well, I'm only doing this because of yeah. how you're behaving. Yeah. So then they're like, hey, I'll trade you the Arkenstone for a portion of the treasure. You give me what's owed to me. I'll give you your precious treasure back. And he's pissed. And he's like, how'd you get it? Yeah. Bilbo doesn't even like cower. He's like, I, I gave it to him. Yeah. I was trying to do the right thing. Thorne's like, you are dead to me. Exactly. Get out of my sight. I would crash you. I would pick you up and throw you to the ground. Like, I was like, dang. Dang. And Gandalf is there, too. He's on the side of men and elves just, you know, knowing that the situation does not need to be what it is. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And while all this fuss is going on, then the goblins get wind that the dragon is dead and that there's unguarded treasure. So they're on their way, too. Yeah. And they're still mad because they're great goblin got murdered so yeah they're on a revenge and greed quest quest <laughs> Don't, do they have the wargs with them mm-hmm. okay. i think so okay. I, I believe that they bring the wargs with them yeah. to this war yeah so this is where we get to where it's like called the battle of five armies yeah and the humans the elves and the dwarves are forced to put aside their differences mm-hmm in order to fight the goblins and the wargs. Right. And and the dwarves in the mountain did call for aid from other dwarves. So it's mm-hmm. not just that small brood. There right. is a group from, is it Dane 
or Dale or something like that. Yeah. They're, they're a group from somewhere, but there's more dwarves yeah. to help. At first, they were just there to help defend the mountain from mm -hmm. the men and the elves. Mm -hmm. But then when they all see the goblins coming, they're like, uh, okay, we got to set aside our petty differences because these goblins outnumber us and we cannot let them take this gold. They right. will literally ruin the world. Yeah. So the goblins almost win. Yep. But and then Bjorn. Yep. Bjorn and the eagle show up. Yep. They're just... I don't know if they were... Keep, I think Bjorn was really keeping an eye. Because mm -hmm. even after they left him, he kind of kept an eye on them for a bit. Mm -hmm. And that's when spiders and <laughs> sleepy times <laughs> yeah. capture. But um, but yeah, I, and I think the, the eagles, too, they kind of heard whisperings and were yeah. keeping an eye on the goblins. So thank God for the eagles and Bjorn, because they really turned the tide. Yeah, they did. And they... Defeat the goblins. Yeah, and they win. They win. But, I mean, not without losses. They even mm -hmm. mentioned that there were elves that would have lived long lives, mm -hmm. you know, if not for this battle. But yep. And some of our 13. Yeah. Thorin himself. Yes. Dead. Yes. But before he dies. Yep. So there's uh, some skirmish, you know, Bilbo even is about to get in on the fighting action, but then he gets knocked out. Mm-hmm. He's got the ring on, so he's invisible so no one <laughs> even knows that he's there knocked out luckily he wakes up just yeah. in time they come and find him and right before like literally i'm talking moments before thorin passes away you know and he he called for bilbo too like he yeah. wanted to see bilbo mm -hmm. and he was just like i am so sorry yeah uh, i take back what i said you know you're you're an honorable little dude and i was yeah. wrong you yeah. know so they get to mend their things, you know, before he goes to be with his forefathers. Yeah. And then Philly and Killy also yeah. pass. So I think because that family line, because Thorin didn't have any children, mm -hmm. and then those were his next of kin. Mm -hmm. So I think because they're all gone, then the um, leader of that group that came to it assist them, then he becomes king under the mountain. Yeah. And that's when he tries to, he makes all those declarations to do right by everyone. Because mm -hmm. uh, when Bilbo was found out that he had given the Arkenstone, he was like, you know, we'll just say this is my 14th. This is my share. You know, give it to them. Like, he is completely selfless yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And then when everything is reconciled, you know, that leader was like, you know, I know you and Thorne are good now. Like, I'm going to give, you know. People that were going to get portions of this gold that went on this quest have passed. You know, we're we're good giving a 14th to the to the humans that felt like it, they earned it. Mm -hmm. And then they even shared like some of the gems from that to the elves and all that. And then mm -hmm. he still he's like, you you patch things up with Thorn. Like you still deserve a 14th. And Bilbo's yeah. like, listen, a 14th is like way more than I can handle it was hard enough getting here, let alone me trying to travel all that back. Like, mm -hmm. no, thank you. Just give me a chest of gold and a chest of silver and I will be a happy boy. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's what he takes. Who ends up with the Arkenstone? Does the dwarf get it back? They put it with Thorin in, yeah. in his grave. Okay. okay. Yes. Along with his uh, sword. sword. <laughs> his, his sword. <laughs> 
I was trying to think of the name of it while also trying to think the word sword. Yes. <laughs> but or yeah, the, yes, they like or Chris with him. Um, and it like it had made a comment about like it glowing, you know, it, if ever danger were near or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, they lay the ark in stone and Orchrist with him in in his tomb, I guess, nice. under the mountain. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the goblins are gone. The lands are safe. Safe ish again. Yeah. You know, obviously not completely, but for yeah. the most part. Yeah. They took out a big chunk of the problem yeah, in those they lands. Did. They did. Because they, they had mentioned kind of throughout the book that they had been kind of taking more and more territory mm-hmm. for their dastardly deeds. Mm-hmm. So Dastardly. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, everybody's got their cut. Everybody's, you know, all good or whatever. And then Bilbo ventures home with Gandalf and hangs out with Bjorn and the elves for a little bit. And, yeah. You know, and all that fun stuff. And uh, Bilbo ends up with uh, that little pile that they hid from uh-huh. the, the the troll cave. Yep. He gets that, too. I think he even offers it to Gandalf, and it's like, Gandalf's like, no, yeah. you'll need it. Yeah. But why did he need it? That's right. <laughs> after And after all of that, finally, he gets back to Hobbiton. Yeah. And, and when he arrives at his home, the Sackville Bagginses. Right. It's like Gandalf knew. He's like, no, no, you're going to need this when you get home because yeah. these greedy turds out here are yeah. going to be up in your home. Yeah. So uh, Bilbo's relatives, the Sackville Bagginses, they covet Bag End. Mm-hmm. And at this point... It's a choice piece of land. It's Yeah, it's prime real estate. It's the best hobbit hole around. He even talks about the view from the one side, the which it just sounds side. like, ugh, lovely. Yeah. And Bilbo's dad had gone to great lengths to build his mom the best hobbit hole. He even used some of his mom's wealth. Yeah, because <laughs> his mom was really wealthy yeah. as a toque. Yeah. So it's... It's the shit. And these folks are, they're having an auction. They're they are auctioning off all of his stuff. All of his belongings. And then these fools think they're going to move in. Yeah. Heck to the no. I mean, was he gone for like maybe a year? Like, yeah. And also, don't you think Gandalf could have like posted a note that said, ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. He's coming back. Or put a spell Probably. On or yeah, put a spell on it to protect it. Yeah. Come on, Gandalf. So he comes home and he's got to buy back like half of his own belongings that have been auctioned <laughs> off. He yeah. has to argue with people like, no, I, I'm alive. I'm See me look, right look here? Me. This I'm is me here. alive. Yeah. They were like, they were so greedy were for so his greedy. house that they yeah. were in denial. They were like, mm, but are you sure you're alive? Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. Poor Bilbo. So Poor I bet Bilbo. I bet at least a good chunk of the stuff he dug back up got used in yeah. buying his own things back. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh. And, you know, at this point, he's no longer accepted by a respectable Hobbit society. I think he's okay with it, though. Yeah, he doesn't care. He he knows what it's like to travel out there and, you know, be friends with the elves and mm-hmm. the dwarves. And... and doesn't it say that he kind of has visits or goes to mm-hmm. see, like, hang out with the elves and stuff every once in a while? Like, yeah. That's the company he wants to keep. And I just, yeah. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, he. 
he gets himself some gold buttons, you know, to replace the, the ones that got busted off, you know? Yeah. And he, so now he gets like the best of both worlds. He gets mm-hmm. his comfortable little hobbit hole, mm-hmm. but also he can go to Rivendell and hang out with Elrond. Yeah. And he can, you know, remember the, at least the good bits and the brave bits of yeah. his adventure with with the dwarves too, yeah so. and it, and now after going through all of this he's super respected by dwarves and by the elves oh yeah and and even by humans yeah. like it's sort of like ah, i don't care what the other yeah what the other hobbits think yeah and <laughs> i'm it, good yeah he's he's totally good and yeah. it, it, all of that comes back up at the whenever you get to Lord of the Rings because of his like relationship with Aragorn and stuff mm-hmm. like he's really close to Aragorn because he spent so much time in Rivendell while Aragorn was being raised in Rivendell. Oh, that's cool cuz mm-hmm. you don't get that in the movies. Like no. I didn't even until you literally just said yeah. that and I'm sure you saw the light bulb shine above my head. Yeah. That yeah, that Bilbo and Aragorn cuz they don't I don't even think we see them speak to each other in the movies. I don't think so. But in the books they're they have a very very close friendship and Bilbo actually like writes a song about Aragorn. That's awesome. The, I love that. The uh, not all who wander are lost mm-hmm. is about Aragorn. That's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Speaking of characters that don't speak. <laughs> This is more about Lord of the Rings, but um, I saw this short little video the other day where it was like all the lines that Legolas speaks (laughs) to Frodo. And it's literally, you have my bow. And then that was it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, he literally does. Does he really literally never speak to him again? And maybe he speaks to the group, but I guess you really don't see any like one on one -one. with Frodo. (laughs) Like a lot. That made me laugh so hard. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Especially because considering, like, they part ways at the end of Fellowship and they don't see them again until after the ring is destroyed. Yeah. Like, Frodo and Sam are just out here. Yeah. So the rest of the Fellowship is just fighting for their lives in right. the streets. Right. In so, these mean streets. <laughs> the mean streets of Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's such a good t shirt idea. I was going to say that. Uh, trademarked where don't steal <laughs> don't our steal idea. <laughs> Please. Oh uh, my gosh. I think we could probably skip themes, honestly. Okay. We've kind of gone through a little bit of that anyway. Yeah. And we can jump right into the film. Cool. And it, we could always do it as like a little bonus discussion or something. Cause I think that you made some really cool points. So yeah, we can leave you on a cliffhanger people. Yeah, we could actually, if we wanted to, do a separate, like, little thing about the film if yeah. we want. If we want to save that discussion. Oh, about the film? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can do that, That too. could be cool. Yeah. We've kind of talked about doing that, like, talk having, like, a separate episode where we talk about film versus yeah. book. Yeah, for sure. Adaptations. But I even met your, the- your, your, your points on the themes I thought oh, were really yeah. good. But I understand why you want to skip them, because we've been talking for... <laughs> two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was my actually my thought. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be long, right? Right, but, but I do think that you have some really good points, so that yeah. could be just like a short little bonus something that we put out later or something. Yeah, and we can even do like each of us could like maybe even record ourselves and then we can put it on Instagram, yeah, and TikTok, yeah, 
like after we release the full episode or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and we yeah, can do we'll that. and we'll, we'll and yeah, we'll discuss the films elsewhere as well because and you, I'm sure you kind of already have an idea of how we feel about the small comments we've made throughout this. Yeah. So. <laughs> Displeased to to say the least. Yeah. And you'll have to just come back and listen to us talk about it. Yeah. When we do those. Yep. <laughs> so. Our next novel is going to be The Love Match by Priyanka Taslim. Um, super excited about that one. It was yeah. really fun. It's a young adult yes. story. Yeah, so it, it full disclosure, it's YA. Yeah. It's not like a smut book or your no. typical adult romance. It's, it's, a, it's a sweet love, it's, not, a, yeah. not a saucy love it's, story. <laughs> it's precious. It is not, uh, yeah, it's not a spicy one. Right. So I guess we can do our final thoughts on The Hobbit. Yeah. Do you want to go first or you want sure. me to go first? Uh, I am I gave The Hobbit four out of five stars. I would probably go 4.5. Yeah. If Goodreads let you, but yeah. it doesn't. Uh, I, loved, I loved the book. I loved it as a child and it holds up for sure. It's lighthearted and fun and if you've only ever seen the hobbit movie you should definitely read the book because it's just it's fun Mm -hmm. it's a fun book all the adventures and the misadventures it's just really it's a really wholesome book Mm -hmm. so i i don't i've you know loved it forever did you watch the cartoon version that came out as a child i haven't i haven't either I so maybe might. we should add that to the film discussion. We should yeah. also watch the, uh, the show. animated Yeah, I film. don't know. I think that might have come out in, like, the 70s or 80s, maybe? I yeah. think it's old. It is. It is. But, yeah, I've not watched it, but I'm interested. I think, like we talked about at the beginning, more and more I'm thinking that fantasy ad- adaptations should be animated. Mm-hmm. I just feel like... You're going to satisfy... I know that so many people... There are some people out there that don't love animated stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would say that I... I don't love adult cartoons. Actually, I really dislike adult cartoons. <laughs> but that's not the same. Yeah. Me hating things like Family Guy. I was going to say, adult cartoons that's are... Different. The subject matter is more raunch and pushing the envelope rather than telling a story. Yeah. Sorry if that is incorrect. You feel that is an incorrect assessment, but that's just yeah how I feel. (laughs) I think yeah. I think a lot of adult cartoons. Part of the goal is the shock factor, Mm -hmm. and especially with like Family Guy and with South Park. um, Yeah, I've never liked it because I just it. It's a combative thing in my brain Mm -hmm. when I think cartoon. I think of, like, Disney mm-hmm. and precious, fun, mm-hmm. nostalgia. That's what I think of when I think of animation. Yeah. And then whenever you bring in a cartoon and they're, like, making sex jokes, it just doesn't compute in my brain. Yeah. So I just really hate, dislike it yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but for, like, a fantasy series, mm-hmm. I think animation lends a little bit better because you can... You can depict magic easier. Yeah. So, like, a Harry Potter situation, you can... The magic is much easier to illustrate than it is to make in a live action. Yeah. 
Though I imagine all the detail has got to be so daunting for oh, such yeah. a thing. But it it, it, they can do time. it so beautifully. Mm, they, they really can. Yeah. I mean, I love a live action version, but if you and if you can do things practically, a lot of things practically and like uh-huh. make it look super good. Yeah, that's amazing. That's but great. if you're going to phone it in and do like crap and too much CGI. Yeah, and then you might as well you might as well go the animation route where you yeah. can do what you need to do and have it look really great. Yeah, and it can yeah, you can capture a lot more of the whimsy mm-hmm. with animation. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the Hobbit would it's probably a really fun cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they should ever remake Lord of the Rings, ever. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. People are going to watch it forever, and you never need to redo it. Yes, I so agree. So if it was ever proposed for them to, like, redo the original trilogy as, like, a TV series, I feel like there would be riots in these streets. Right. Even more than Harry Potter, because... Like, in Harry Potter, they did have to leave things out. And a TV series would allow them, those books, to really breathe. And you could really see those things you missed, especially in, like, Goblet of Fire. Yeah. But Lord of the Rings, from everything you've told me, it's like they got the main good, great stuff. Yeah. And there's no need to. They really... You can't mess with perfection. Yeah. They really captured the essence Mm -hmm. of what is happening in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I think... A little bit of that's lost in the Harry Potter movies, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, but I like the movies as they are. Do I think they need to remake them into a television series for HBO? No, No. I don't. They don't need to, no. They don't need to. It's not like it was botched. Right. Right. I don't think that, but I do think that it will be successful and make them a lot of money and that's why they want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think it'll be, I think, I think if they do it right, it'll be really good. I think they will do it right, to be honest, and I will watch it and I'll probably really like it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not married to the original cast. Did, did I love Maggie Smith as Professor McGonagall? Of course I did. They really did top-notch casting in For sure. Harry Potter. Like, hands For down, sure. the casting is really great. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the things that we complain about can be rectified in a show. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I know that there are people causing a huge ruckus online. Like, why are you doing this? These movies are not that old. Do something else. Mm-hmm. I do agree to an extent. Yes. But yeah. I'm also kind of like in the middle. I'm pretty neutral, actually. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see yeah. what what they do with it. I agree. I, I'm excited I'll if it's it. good yeah. and I'll be sad if it's bad. <laughs> yeah. At least if it's bad, we still have the film. Exactly. Like the It's f- not like they're replacing yes. them and the films will never be able to be watched again. It's just yeah. adding to Exactly. Exactly. And I know that Dan has said he's done playing the character of Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. I have seen clips where he, like, jokes, like, in the way future, if Mm -hmm. they were to remake the movies, if they could come back and, like, Emma could be McGonagall and Mm -hmm. he could be, like, whoever, right? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe Sirius. Yeah. That would be really amazing. Yes. It's too soon for that now, though. Yes. For them. Agreed. So. Agreed. I I think we talked about this in a previous episode, maybe the Harry Potter one, that it would be cool if Dan played Snape. Yeah. But or Sirius. Or Sirius. I think that would be cool, too. Yeah. But yes. Either way, because Snape and Sirius both have long hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be really, like, a really, like, 
cheeky nod to the oh, films, yeah. oh, which yeah. I think that they should do. Yeah. If you if they're going to remake them, they should nod them a little. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. I so, think that would be great. I don't know. It's exciting. I yeah. mean, I'll consume it. I don't, I don't know. I yeah. would be mad if they were remaking Lord of the Rings. Right. <laughs> that would make me mad. Me too. <laughs> um, but, you know, as we're, we're, we're available to consult. Yes. And, and so, Whitney, you can do your... Oh, yeah. I Um, forgot that that's what we were doing. I mean, I sidetracked this car, so it's all my fault. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would give it 4.5 as well. I'm even tempted to give it a 5, but there were some things that, like, that just felt repetitive. Like, even though everything that is going on, like, has a purpose and makes sense, and that's why it belongs, but, like, the chasing the firelight and falling asleep part, like, felt a little draggy. (laughs) And then even, like, the telling the story to Bjorn as, like, they would slowly arrive, and he's like, yeah, 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 get on with it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Bjorn. Like, yeah, let's get on with it. (laughs) Bayorn, Bjorn, I feel like I've said it five different ways. But other than that, yes, like, I would say, like, if they would let me do 4.5, I would. So I guess I would give it a 5 because I feel like 4 would be too low for my enjoyment personally because mm-hmm. I loved this book. Um, I think I already said, but this is my first time reading it, and I can't believe it took me so darn long. I, get, I think I just let people intimidate me. They're like, oh, Tolkien just uses too many descriptor words, and it's just like you spend five pages on, like, a wet hole. And it's Which like, you don't. Not true. It's not true. So, he spends, like, three sentences on the hole. Right. So I don't I don't know why I listen to other people. I'm, I've been working on that for a long time now, and I just don't listen to other people anymore. But <laughs> I just think it's delightful and fun and... You know, I just, I really liked it. I will say in the audiobook for some reason, like the songs, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, mm-hmm. get on with it, get on with it, get on with it. They're much pleasanter to read. Agreed. It's it's more like reading poetry than yes. listen to a song. You're like, okay. I was the same way. Yeah. Listening. Even though I thought Andy Circus did a really excellent job. Oh, ah, oh amazing. He, he did a great job. Yeah. It, But it ju- does, you're like, okay. Because yeah. even if you're, when you're reading it, you could just skip it. Yeah. You can read it quickly, skim, yeah. or you can just skip to the rest of the story because you don't need yeah. to read the songs necessarily. Right. They they do give some. They like, give some context, but yeah, I agree that they're not necessary. Yeah, they're not necessary to like further yeah. the plot, but yeah. they're just you know they're nice. They're yeah. nice, and it breaks up the regular prose. Right. But yeah. I think Tolkien's prose is amazing. Oh, it's a beautifully written story. Um, and I just had an easy time relating to Bilbo and everything that he's going through. And I just enjoyed the entire experience. But yeah, the I mentioned it like 10 times while discussing it. I just think it's beautifully written. You can yeah. feel the things that he describes. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. see it in your mind. It's just, it's, it's amazing and great. So It is lovely. I was thrilled with it. I was also thrilled with it. I think... <laughs> I I think four point five is where I would live. Yes, I me did too. Just do I, I put four stars because I feel like the trilogy is five stars. Yeah. See, and I, and I prefer, think if I had yeah, and I prefer the trilogy, and so I put this at four. Yeah, and I think if I had something to compare it to, but and, and I think probably four is more appropriate. But it just I was like it feels so low. I just loved it so much. Yeah, I know. But 4.5 would be Goodreads. We are also here for um, help and support. 
let us do half stars. I agree. I think Please. I think half stars are really important because I there there is a difference. There's so much complexity you know. to rating a book and five is already very small. Yeah. Where you can kind of be like hated it, kind of liked it, liked it, really liked it, loved it. Okay. Yeah. Got it. But could you just let me do some half stars to get some like variety in there? Because yeah. then I feel like everything I like is a four and everything I hate is a two. Yeah. And there's no in between. <laughs> I know. And I, I recently rated a book three stars and I really wanted it to be three and a half because mm-hmm. when I read it, I enjoyed reading it. Mm-hmm. I would probably reread it, mm-hmm. but it's not as good as other books that I've read that I've rated a four. Right. So you have that like push and pull in your brain. Like, yes. I don't want to rate this. Three seems low. Yeah. But I also don't feel like it's a four or five. Right. So it has to be a three. Right. So, yeah, it's like a, it's a real struggle. It is. It is. And then there are some that I'm just like, I just don't care. This is five. Right. And I'll hear nothing else about it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I think I rated every single Harry Potter five stars. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Me too. (laughs) Because even in like the, the Harry Potter book verse I have, like, a hierarchy of my favorite one, my least favorite one. Mm-hmm. But they're all fives in my yep. heart. Yep. So. Yep. It Agreed. 100% agreed. So. But speaking of rating and reviewing things, please rate and review our podcast. <laughs> Five stars would be really preferable. Absolutely. To be honest. 100%. You know, I don't... If you really feel like we're a three, that's fine. But we'll respect it as long as you're respectful in your reasoning. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I feel like we're fives. Yeah. I feel like we're giving you five level content, to be honest. <laughs> we're going above and beyond even the topic <laughs> that we are discussing. We're giving you beautiful chestnuts. Yeah. Of all kinds of things. And I feel like the audience we are attra- we will attract is going to be fandom audience yeah and fandom people they they will love all of that hopefully people aren't gonna yell at us and hate us and be like you literally say spoilers for 10 (laughs) other things when you're discussing one it's like uh, this is where spoilers live Uh, yeah i'm sorry we've said it i'm really sorry that i mean yeah you don't even know that you're here to talk about also uh lord of the rings (laughs) spoilers galore or uh, the 10 other topics so i'm sorry that we do just discuss things as if you have also experienced them but the things that we're talking about have been out for a while so in our defense you've had a chance but i am i am sorry if we've let out a blurb that spoiled something for you but i promise it's hopefully it won't have ruined your enjoyment of that said thing but just we're talking freely over here we're talking freely and also (laughs) we're about to go and celebrate the 20th anniversary of return of the king the very last lord of the rings so if you felt spoilered (laughs) <laughs> As we were talking about it, I feel like that's kind of a you problem. Yeah, it's been it's been twenty. Out. Yeah, and that's, twenty. That's for the movie, not that's even for, for the, the books. The, so yeah, the books were released in like the forties. Yeah, come on, people. Yeah. Who, Tolkien is dead. <laughs> He's been dead longer than yeah. I've been alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, just just saying. Yeah, just forget the things that. May have been spoilers and just go and mm-hmm. go enjoy some stuff then. If you haven't yeah. experienced it, go do it. This is your chance. The The things we will most likely spoil for you are 
fantasy, yeah. And Lord of the Rings, which we've already done fully in both. Can't really spoil Game of Thrones. It's already spoiled itself. Yeah. And the last two books are not out, so. And even Sarah J. Mass stuff, I feel like we haven't really given spoilers. And even if we do... They're all the spoilers are online for those. Right. Like right. hella. We're not trying to be jerks though. That's all I'm saying. Is yeah. we're just enjoying this beautiful conversation we're having with each other that you're listening to. And I'm I'm just sorry that if it spoils something <laughs> yeah. for you, but we're having a whole lot of fun over here. <laughs> yeah. So just be aware this is how we operate. Yeah. We're gonna talk about stuff and it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So if you really, really have a fantasy fandom that you don't want spoiled. Email us and let us know. Yeah. If you are an avid listener and don't want us to spoil something, send us an email and let us know. And we'll put it we, on we a little list. We will do our very best, but no guarantees. Yes. Sometimes you just, like, start saying it. Yeah. It just happens. My brain doesn't automatically go, wur, wur, spoiler alert. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> uh, spoilers don't really bother me, mm-hmm. generally. It depends on what it is. Yeah, I, I had <laughs> I had the ending for Six Sense spoiled for me. Oh, really? Now that really that can take the, the wind out of your sails. But I will say that even watching it, I was like, "But wait, they spoke. But wait, they didn't." Mm-hmm. I won't say it because I'm just not gonna. I, I just won't. But yeah. So I understand a spoiler, but for the most part, it's like it, it didn't. Even as huge as that spoiler is, it still didn't ruin my enjoyment of the film. Yeah. So. I don't think I've had anything major, major ever spoiled for me. I had deaths in Harry Potter spoiled for me. But it's still, uh, yeah. again, I mm-hmm. knew they were coming. But it still didn't spoil that moment in the book yeah. for me. So. I luckily didn't have any. If Harry Potter were released now, it would be torture. Mm-hmm. It, it would be, you would have to fully avoid... The internet. You couldn't get on any no. social media. You couldn't open Google. No. You couldn't do. You couldn't watch the news. You would have to sequester yourself entirely. Yes. Until you got your hands on the book and read it yourself. Uh huh. You w- otherwise you would absolutely know. It's hard enough with movies, but yeah, yeah. I feel like that would yeah that even, would just be unavoidable. Even without seeking it out, even if mm-hmm. you were not looking at Harry Potter things, it would just be in front of your face. Yeah. So I'm just, like, glad mm-hmm. that all of them came out in a when time yes. that that was not really... You could have. You would have had to search for the ending to yes. have it spoiled. Yes. Unless you knew someone who was a real dick. That literally, yeah, at one of the releases, the guy flipped right. to the Ugh. back and was like, ah! I was like, you are truly scum. I mean, <laughs> you know... That 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 guy deserved a, a kick. Yeah, you know he's he said it in the middle of a bookstore too. He's lucky he didn't get mobbed. I yeah, he really is lucky that the, the people around him were probably just yeah that they didn't all collaborate together and just beat the snot out of him. <laughs> I know. Speaking of collaboration, our tunes and artwork were collaboration Aww. of the We Read Books crew. That's us. Yep. We did it all. With contributions from Dakota. (laughs) He consulted on the artwork. Yes. Listen to episode one for context. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to end it here because we've talked for a while. I want to say sorry, but hopefully if you made it here, like, you guys are 
You're the real ones. The true crew, and uh, we appreciate you just hanging out with us. Thank you. So until we meet again, hoot twice like a barn owl and once like a screech owl, and then also read books. Okay, goodbye. Bye. (laughs) I wish I knew Elvish for goodbye.